For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Paperwise this morning, of course, uh, the Red Tops and some of the broadsheets continue to talk of the weather. The heat is on as June sizzles its way into the record books. So says the mail this morning. Um, they're talking about uh, 33 days of ongoing drought in many parts of the country. Um, interesting, isn't it? Because technically now, uh, Med Aaron says, in the, well, the star is quoting Med Aaron today, saying that we are now officially... Um, in the grip of a heat wave um, as temperatures soared. Um, and they're saying that some parts of the country they will continue uh, to soar. They're even talking about tomorrow, which is interesting because you won't have 29 degrees in Cork tomorrow, but they're saying that some parts of the country will. 29 degrees. Um, they've got a station above in Carlo, apparently. Uh, I met here in, um, they call it a synoptic station, which monitors weather and obviously takes temperature. 29 degrees, uh, 28.8 was uh, the temperature that it reached yesterday, and they're expecting that to uh, to even climb again today and indeed tomorrow. So, very, very hot, lovely weather. It's been great. Uh, it will come to an end at some stage, but it has been great. Isn't that absolutely horrific? The two women uh, killed on the railway tracks. A woman, uh, well, one woman was killed, my, my apologies, and, uh, and she was with her niece, and her niece was very seriously injured when they were hit by a train. Jessica McLaughlin, in her 40s, died at the scene hit by the train, um, and Rebecca McLaughlin in a serious but stable condition in hospital. They were walking along the track um, in a place called Balisadere in Sligo when the uh, horrific incident happened. It's making the front of the Red Top Papers today. Like, for instance, the Sun says the intercity driver tried to warn the two women and the pair were struck by the 305 intercity Sligo to Dublin Connolly Station Service apparently it's awfully awfully sad one woman dead and another very seriously injured back here on Leeside more injuries for you a man injured in the Grand Parade there was a stabbing there yesterday a man in his 20s rushed to Cork University Hospital last night critically injured in a stabbing incident in the city centre we're hearing these kind of stories all too often and this one from the Grand Parade was at 7.30pm last evening and then you have two men who've been charged with murder two Carrigal Line men charged with murder, charged with the murder of uh, uh, a young man in Carrigaline, 29-year-old uh, man. Each man has actually denied uh, charges uh, with regards to murdering Matt O'Neill. You may remember uh, the story that we were before the Cork District Court yesterday. We're talking about uh, Ricardo Hoey um, of, uh, of Carrigaline and also Jordan DC of Carrigaline in respect of the 29-year-old man who died as a result of injuries sustained last Christmas. So it's a front pager making this morning's echo. I will come back to some of these stories uh, across the morning. And then we have five people appearing in court yesterday accused of crimes linked to the investigation into Ashling M- Murphy's murder. This is the primary school teacher who was killed jogging along the Grand Canal in January of last year. So there's uh, full, co- full coverage on that in all of the papers today. Uh, and if you thought we were finished with the courts, we're not because um, there was, uh, there will be a sentence imposed uh, tomorrow in the court co- courts on Finton Tindley. Um, you may recall that story. He's the guy that raided post offices, the 49-year-old healthcare worker. I'm reading from the court reports in the Echo this morning. Uh, he got engaged to an American woman that he met online and he sent her 19,000 19, euro in cash over the course of a year. Um, he's now facing a jail sentence for those three post office raids in Cork City. Uh, Tindley admitted robbing the South Douglas Road post office on November the 11th and then on November 18th, Ballon Temple post office 
Um, and then he made, uh, you know, obviously, uh, the court reports tell us of what happened when he went into those po- post offices, making death threats on each of the occasions, um, you know, grabbing customers on each of the occasions, having a knife. Uh, so I will be coming back to that court report later on this morning uh, because it uh, is quite detailed with regards to victim impact statements as well. But the papers then talk about, you know, we're talking about uh, the city uh, being... I have to say, very unsafe when you when you hear of stabbing in broad daylight and you see drug dealing in broad daylight and what have you, without any fear of anybody stopping them. Uh, but there's been a serious spike in thefts in the Cork area, particularly with regards to shoplifting. And there's a story, this is not just Cork City, but it's right across the county. There's a story in the Echo from talking to Chief Superintendent Vincent O'Sullivan. He was a meeting, you know, the, the normal meetings of the Cork County Joint Policing Committee. And he was talking about the fact that Gardaí have a pro-arrest and charge policy and if, if they get any bit of history at all, we're going to go to court and we're going to look for stiffer sentences and we're going to deal with it as best we can. Um, because uh, there's also been an increase in drive-offs. Uh, this is people filling up at petrol and petrol stations and just putting the, the pedal to the metal and driving off. So there's been a big increase in that as well, apparently. Um, um, it, it, you would think if there's been a big in- increase in it, is, is it out of desperation? Still a criminal act, mind you. And you know the toilets on the Grand Parade, those ones that were closed and have been for some time. Apparently, they are now just going to be removed. They're not being used. Disused units, public toilets, badly needed. So Cork City Council are going to remove them from the streets in the next couple of months. And the reason they were there in the first place was because we badly need public conveniences like that. But it had become a haven for people uh, to shoot up a drug hotspot, if you like, and a target for vandalism. So they locked it up, sat there for, I don't know, is it closed about three, four years now, I'd say. Um, it's a shame, really, because um, if they adapted it so that you had to use a tap-and-go card, perhaps it might make it a little bit more safer. Uh, but it's just going to be taken away. End of. There is a, a bath, a toilet, not too far from it, the little door by the side of, this, of the library. Um, and we'll be coming back to that with the, with the Vox Pop a little later on this morning. I see Loretta Crowley, who was on air with me last week up in uh, the Glen, <coughs> makes this morning's examiner with regards to the uh, huge new security fence which has been installed um, right next to her home uh, and everybody else's home in that terrace. It's to stop people throwing drugs over the wall into the prison. Uh, and Don English has a story in the Examiner this morning where the locals are calling it a monstrosity. And of that, you can certainly say it certainly is. The view is shocking. One view, though, that is far from shocking, and that is the view from Bunny Canellans and there's a fabulous aerial photograph from the Echo today of bunnies the bunny shot they call it because bunnies is for sale for 1.9 million euro now there's a big commercial property report on it in the inside pages of the examiner but it's on sale 1.9 it's been in the O'Brien family uh, for nigh on uh, 50 years Um, it's been in hospitality sector even longer than that and it goes back to the 1820s when it was known as the Cottage on the Rocks uh, and it's listed for sale for 1.9 million um, best of luck to the O'Briens but I hope that whoever buys it reopens it again because it is a wonderful wonderful place uh, to go and eat or have a drink and you know enjoy the view uh, Leo Varadkar makes the papers today because he must feel as if he's under a bit of pressure from within Fianna Gael because the headline this morning says I can turn Fianna Gael around and he's making an appeal to party TDs and senators after the weekend of treacherous leaks about him 
and unhappiness within the uh, Fine Gael camp. And then the papers also talk of the grandmother <coughs> who was hit by lightning as she was making a cup of coffee and she was saved by her runners, apparently. She would definitely be dead. Apparently, the lightning struck outside, right, and came up through whatever metal pipes outside that were attached to the sink. And literally, the lightning came up through the plug hole. Um, a bolt from the blue. And if it wasn't for her runners, she certainly would be brown bread. She'd be toast in more ways than one. That's a front page of making the star today. Uh, the lucky runners. And, and apparently now there's going to be a change to the Rose of Tralee and uh, it would appear that Dahi O'Shea is going to have a co-host. It most definitely will be female, the co-host. Um, and it probably will be Deirdre O'Kane. That's the bookie's favourite to co-host the Rose of Tralee this year with Dahi O'Shea. There are others in the running for it, but she seems to be uh, the favourite at this stage. Anna Geary's in there as well, uh, being tipped uh, Jennifer Zamparelli and, and Duran Garrahy and people like that. But isn't that the most amazing story? Um, out of South America the pensioner who was declared dead in hospital uh, astonishingly um, knocked on her coffin lid at her wake same thing as along the lines of let me out let me out literally at her wake they were waking her at home in the coffin Um, coffin dodger they call her the dead OAP, OAP starts knocking on the casket at the wake Bella Montoya 76 was far from dead banged on the wooden box um, five hours into the final goodbyes attended by 20 mourners I mean if it had been a half an hour later or an hour later and she'd been buried oh my god I shudder to even think what that must have been like would have been like if you're underground six feet under and you wake up that is <sighs> that is nightmare isn't it can you imagine can you imagine like waking up and the first thing you see is and you know the horrible it's feeling. It's bound to have happened. You know, you know the horrible feeling where you're already like you know if you if you if you're staying in somebody's house and you kind of forgotten that you're in their house. Okay. And then you, and then you you know you wake up and you kind of think you're still at home and then you realize you're somewhere else and then you kind of have that moment of panic where you kind of go where am I and then you're kind of oh yeah that's right. Well you, you can get that on a Saturday when you think it's a Friday when you wake up. Oh uh, yeah well that's true yeah. yeah or on a Monday morning when you think it's Sunday but um it's uh like imagine having that fear and then immediately realizing you're in a casket. <laughs> And no one is ever... You know, that's why they put little... Years ago, I don't know if people do any more little bells at people's Save, graves. was just saying... That's uh, where the term saved, saved by the bell came from. Really? Yeah, yeah. Saved by the bell. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so if you, and it goes down into the coffin by some kind of an attachment, some wire. Let's say if you did wake up um, in your coffin and you are just, oh my God, you just start frantically ringing But like, the bell. what would you... You know, like, if, if you had to say something to prove people that you are indeed alive... If you had to think of something on the spot to say that, like, I am, you know, it's actually me. <laughs> you know, what would the catchphrase be? I don't, I don't know. I just, like, what would you say to prove to people, like, you know, I don't know. Or imagine, imagine if, imagine if, um, if, uh, if it was all about the inheritance and they actually knew you were alive the whole time. Ah, uh, well, that's, that's, that's extra spooky, that's for sure. All right, well, she's alive. If it had been an hour later, she would have been alive, but she'd have been six foot under and it would have been a different story entirely. Back after the break, text to 0868. 104106. Talk to Neil Prendeville now. 0818 104 106. Corks Red FM. Let's go straight to the phone lines. Agnes, good morning. Good morning. You say morning. in your text that you're f- I'm finished with town. It's full of junkies and drunkies. Our city is ruined. You're finished with it then, are you? Absolutely. I'm afraid of my left twin there. Was but yesterday the last straw or something? No, it would have been the last straw because um, on the last three three times the last three times I visited town 
I've I've witnessed traumatic events, and I'm just, I maybe I'm not built for it, but I just don't think you, that you can walk safely um, through town anymore, um, without witnessing some violent attack or mm. some, um, someone stealing from a shop or someone giving someone abuse behind the counter. I, I, it just absolutely fills me full of anxiety. So was one of those was one of those incidents somebody abusing somebody in the in the shop and robbing? Was it? Absolutely. What just one day, maybe two two weeks ago, I walked down the North Main Street and um, I went into a shop to get eye drops. I had a, a very late uh, eye infection and I went into uh, the chemist in in the North Main Street. Yeah. And I was absolutely horrified by a woman my own age that was working behind the counter and um, what she was had to deal with with some person that was had a, a, a big joint hanging out of their mouth and was going randomly around knocking stuff all over the, the shop. I had to exit the shop because I asked the, the woman, had she security in, was there someone with her? But I can't believe that someone would have to work under that kind of environment where the customer feels unsafe, number one, and the, the, the person working behind the counter, I feared for as well. But I had to exit the shop and never done business in the shop because... Um, I felt unsafe myself in the shop. So it's um, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's an awful environment to work in, isn't it? I just don't know how they do it. And they're not Main Street anyway, because I went further down to a sports shop and walked in and saw two people coming in as well and one holding up in a bag and the, the other person throwing stuff from the shelves into the bag. Uh, and I again, I was looking at the kind of a very young um, male working behind the counter and a, a female thinking they haven't a hope against these two people. Um, so, yeah. And did the staff intervene or anything, no? Oh, they did. They, they, they did. But like, you know, I suppose, Neil, I, I didn't want to be put... No one wants to be put in a vulnerable situation. To no, be I understand honest. that you left. I'm just, just curious what... I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to what staff have to put yeah, up with. They, and there's... they had to go out. They yeah. had to go out and intervene and they... Well... The, the people that were shoplifting were throwing stuff on the ground, knowing that the, the you know the, the show was up, and they, so that they had nothing in their bag by the time. You're very much it. in danger as a shop assistant go, t- tackling somebody like that because there are a lot of knives around. Anything could happen, or they could get punched. I have just seen so many incidents in around there that 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 things could have escalated okay, to, to okay. Um, a horrible. Uh, Situation, you know. Okay, you um, you were going over the footbridge. That'd be the Nano Nagel on Grand Parade last Thursday. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. I had an appointment across the footbridge, and when I was coming back over, um, I was just what well, I was actually thinking of getting a cappuccino, and I was walking because I had missed my breakfast, and I was walking through um, just over the footbridge, and just maybe not as far as Bishop Lucy, just before it, uh, by the fountain. And this girl was pushing a buggy and um, this happened out of absolutely nowhere. Um, the buggy was parked up against Bishop Lucy, the start of it, and she indexed finger a girl to come over to her and the girl kind of was apprehensive and walked over to her. She clearly knew her. She clearly knew her. But she actually just caught this girl and headbutted her into the far and literally full force and this girl was screaming and it broke into an absolute physical fight they were rolling around the floor there was a child in a buggy over against the wall and they were tearing each other but what I what I found completely worse than that believe it or not 
was so unnerving that I just thought I'd never get out of the situation fast enough and I nearly ran under a cart across the road. And I just saw everybody all along uh, by the market there, you know, where there's seats under the trees. Yeah. They were all standing on it and looking over at what was going on. And just, I suppose, horrified looking, but not a guard to be seen. Absolutely nowhere. And I... Did anybody separate them? No, nobody intervened at all. No, they just went out and had leather. And the girl that she attacked, um, there was two lads with her. Anyway, look, Neil, they weren't in a, um, what would I say, the normal state of mind. Yeah. Two lads. Um, they came back and broke them up. And, and and literally five minutes later, I saw that same woman walking down the road, pushing the buggy as if nothing happened. Uh, and I, I, I was like, oh my God, horrified. Horrified. <laughs> And on the same, in the same hour, I went back to my car. I was parked in the Grand Parade car park and I was panicked. I didn't get my coffee I because I just couldn't take any more of what I was seeing. And I got out the third floor of the Grand Parade car park. There was a, a, a woman there with a baby in her hand and a, and a buggy alongside of her. And she said, excuse me. She said, do you know, is there any security in here? And I went, um, there is normally downstairs. I said, are you driving? And uh, I said, what's wrong? She said, I can't get into my car. There's a fella shooting up in between my car and the car next to me. And I can't. And I just went, oh, my good God, that's the end of it. I said, oh, that's my it. good God is right. My whole day was panicked by events that were happening around me. Not a guard to be seen. And I am just absolutely distraught at the way the town has been left to go and deteriorate to such a point that... Uh, a normal person, a normal Carconian can walk through the streets and feel safe. I know, I know. You couldn't put it any better. Your descriptions of four different incidences, the chemist, the sports shop, the fight, the shooting up in the queue park, which is plagued actually, that car park in particular is plagued by people using it. I uh, I would have had no idea. Yeah, no, no I mean, there's a week goes by, they don't have somebody on the air talking about it. Even yesterday and indeed on Wednesday, same car park. I saw it myself actually on the stairwell of that car park some months back, a uh, character who had literally had to kind of, kind of, you know, squeeze around him because he was just floored on the stairway. Uh, very, very sad. So, I would never have went in there if I'd have known, but like in the meantime, I just think that the streets have gone so bad. They're unpoliced. Um, people are getting away with this uh, behaviour because we're unpoliced. Um, I would go as far as to say, like there's people working in town. I don't know how they work in town because it would just drive me absolutely insane. It's very sad. It should be a very safe and beautiful um, city to go to. People should be able to shop and enjoy and meet friends and Uh, walk around um, at their leisure. But more and more people are saying... I I absolutely myself um, believe that since the the lockdowns and the COVID-19 shutdowns, that the streets were taken over then and they have not been manned since. And so when when everyone was locked down, the streets were taken over by drug issues and an awful lot of other problems. And um, and it's it's well known to all these people that they're unmanned. The same streets, the same alleyways, like you go down the side street of Duns or Pennies, I would not walk down one of those streets if you gave me gold because you don't know what's coming out. You know, I totally oh, agree with you on that one. I wouldn't recommend it either for anybody. And you have to be very know, careful like, if look, even looking at someone because they may take uh, umbrage to you even looking at them. Would you mind? You can hold on if you wish, Agnes, but I'm very sad to hear all of your different stories. 
um, mm. because it shouldn't be that way. But I have the Lord Mayor on uh, line two, Councillor Deirdre Ford. Uh, she recently said that she doesn't feel safe walking the streets of the city. She was referencing at night, but of course, all of your stories are by day. Uh, Lord by Mayor, day, yeah. yeah. So hold on if you wish. Uh, Lord Mayor, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good um, morning. Now, I hope you got to hear a lot of what Agnes had to say. She was highlighting two or three different recent trips into the city, but she's finished with the yeah. city. What, what do you make of that, the, the city she describes? Well, I, I'm very... Uh, first of all, I'd just like to say to Agnes, I understand how she feels. I, I'm sure all those incidents were very shocking indeed. And it's simply unacceptable. Um, I'm hearing different stories from all over the city. Um, some places are worse than others. But it's a small few people that are causing these instances. And we've just got to get tougher. And of course, I'm calling all the time for more Gardaí. And I do believe that people are trying to encourage more recruits into the Gardaí. But it's, it's unfortunately, it's not as simple as just telling people there's vacancies in the Gardaí. We need to get the right people in. We have to train them. They have to go through a process and then they have to go on the streets. But I totally accept that Agnes and people who view those instances would feel unsafe, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and this is not, and I'm not going to allow it to turn into Garda bashing, actual members of the force who go about their duties in the situation and circumstances that they work under. But there seems to be a shortage. We know that. But it has been that way for a long, long time. Um, however, um, would the army make a difference, I wonder? Well, you know, I to be honest with you, I think, first of all, if there's anti-social behaviour, we've got to get the message out to people. that it's You're ruining our city. You're ruining people's lives. They have mothers and fathers and families. Surely they can say to them, you, you're not to be partaking in, in um, you know, behaviour that will cause grief to families and also which gives a bad name to certain areas of our city. Yeah. We're just recovering from COVID. Businesses are beginning to pick up. They're very anxious to do what they can. And in relation to Agnes speaking to some people there, you know, all shops probably have protocols, you know, if their staff are under threat. And if they haven't protocols or they haven't a system in place where, you know, an assistant behind the counter is feeling that something may happen, they should have it because we need to protect, uh, protect the people in the front line. Yeah, so I it's not just safe for citizens, it's also unsafe for people working in the city and that was certainly the case in the chemist shop and it certainly was the case in the sports shop. Young people who shouldn't have to follow people out um, and a lot of the time they're off their heads. They could be addicts and they're, you know, they're not of sound mind so anything could happen. Uh, well, this is the danger. Now, you know, we need to get the message out again and again. And I think perhaps we could do more in terms of putting up boards, warning in different areas. Uh, do not engage in antisocial behaviour. Um, you know, it's it's not good for business. It's not good for families coming into the city. And it's not good for the enjoyment of our streets. Um, the victims have a terrible time. They're traumatised, just like Agnes said, she couldn't get her coffee and, you know, enjoy her morning. You Woman know, couldn't get into her parked car because there was somebody shooting up between the two of them. You 
re- you recently said drinking in the streets, drug taking and the selling of drugs openly are all taking place. Um, and it's down yes. to um, this is happening because of a lack of guard resources, full stop. But yes. trying, to, trying to tell people who are addicted uh, to cop themselves on is a pointless exercise. Well, you know, for that very reason, we're looking at different ways of maybe improving the way we tackle dealing with addiction. As you know, Neil, we were uh, visited Lisbon recently uh, to see for ourselves what was being done in that city. Indeed, I met the mayor of Lisbon uh, as part of that trip as well. And the group that went out for across the board with member of the Gardaí, um, with councillors, we had doctors, we had HSE, um, all looking to see what should we do to tackle the scourge, the absolute scourge of drug taking in our city. Did you learn anything there? Well, we certainly saw the way that they are tackling it. It seemed to be successful from their point of view. But of course, we must look at it from Cork's perspective. What suits our city and our communities? Um, And do they have a safe injecting centre in the city centre? They do. They do. They have a mobile one and they have a fixed one. Um, We saw what happens in those cases. Um, The you know, we have taken that data, we've discussed it, and what happens next, Neil, is we're going away to look at further, I suppose, projects and data, and the HSC will, uh, and in conjunction with other people, will put a report together which will be discussed again. We are only examining okay. options. Yeah. And, and locations as well, I believe, and locations as well. Oh, yeah, and locations. And, of course, the other thing, Neil, is, You know, it may not be the solution for Cork, but we can't bury our heads in the sand and say it's not happening. Um, We've got to tackle it and we've got to be strong against antisocial behaviour. We've got to show people who might come out with implements to do harm that you are going to get done for five years. So don't do it. Well, you know, there was a stabbing on the Grand Parade yesterday. Unfortunately, now, you know, I don't want to discuss that because I don't want to go into anything that might deter a fair sentence for people. Oh, I, I understand but, that, but, but and I'm yeah. not going to go into the detail of it or the individuals involved, but there was a stabbing. So just another well, yes, example. It did happen. I, I mean, it's horrendous. It frightens everybody. Again, it's a small few people who just take a decision which ruins lives and ruins families and it causes grief to people. And and the businesses work so hard and, you know, they try and keep their, their staff, uh, you know, safe in the city centre. And unfortunately, this sends a shiver down everybody's spine. Now... The Drew Harris, the commissioner, is coming to Cork uh, next week, I believe. I'm having lunch with him, with others, and I, I believe he's going to the JPC. So we will be discussing that and those incidents with him. And, of course, the wider, the wider uh, issues as well, such as drug taking in the streets. Uh, how are you don't think we've lost, we've lost the battle. You don't think we've lost control. Cork is bad, and I, I accept I, that Dublin is a horror case. Um, absolutely, in the horrors, Dublin. But we're getting worse by the day ourselves. Well, well Neil, we we got to draw a line now. I take a very tough view with things like this. We have to operate for the vast majority of law-abiding citizens. We have to think of the victims here. And uh, can I just say, thanks to you and other programs like that for highlighting issues like this because you know we might see it in the media and we might 
um, you know, read about it and uh, we might see it on other programmes. Um, but you highlight what's happening on the ground here. Agnes. And I hear people like Agnes. Yeah, Agnes is highlighting it, yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I, I want to thank those people for bringing it to our attention. But to say to the wider public, Cork is not as bad as other cities, but we're at a pivotal point. We can't bury our head in the sand. We have to look at ways of... But if we see the drug deals, and I see them, and I've sent, been sent photographs of a guy with a brightly coloured bag full of drugs in the city yesterday, openly dealing... People handing him money, he handing them drugs in the middle of the day. Not trying to hide down an alleyway or anything. Um, if, if, if we see them, why aren't they arrested if the public can see them in broad daylight? I could, could I ask you, do people actually ring the Gardaí uh, to say that this is happening at that particular time? That I can't because, answer. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Neil, sorry, yeah. I, can I interrupt? I can answer because I was in a situation where I had to call the guards and I got onto a call centre where the Gardaí were going to ring me back and I was telling them about another violent situation that I saw. And in the city? It's actually in, in a more local area. Okay. Um, there, was a, there was people absolutely just fighting in the middle of the, a road and there were only 12, 13 and they were fist fighting and there was about 30 people. It, was, it looked like a set-up fight but they, it came out of a field into the middle of the road. So you called 999, is it? I did because I I, I was walking a dog and um, some fella must have saw me on the phone and went up and said, uh, lads, lads, the shades are on the way, the shades are on the way. Um, I was called the Bure in the car park after ringing the guards and I ended up being the victim, having to get out of there fairly lively and walk away and when the guard rang me back which is ridiculous because it's a call centre now you're put through to you're not put through to the the Granabajo guards or any other area guards you're put through to a call centre to determine your call and then um, they ring you back but I wasn't in a situation where I could answer that call because I then became the person that the tar- uh, that I was b- being targeted then and I had to get out of the place or the situation fairly rapidly yes because it could have escalated me. yeah yeah. that yeah. was me crying for help in the sense of uh, notifying the, the guardy that something was going on um, is it worth it is it worth all that hassle you know is it, you're just you're a loser whether you report it or you just to me now just walk away that's my attitude yeah, because yeah. I don't believe there's don't enough being done. Involved. I don't believe what the, the Lord Mayor is saying there. I um, that that put up signs and for antisocial behaviour. We need people on the ground walking the streets of the city until this is all sorted out. Isn't that a simple message for Drew Harris? To be honest with you, Lord Mayor. Well, I, first of all, I take Agnes' point that it's not just signs, of course. We do definitely need more people on the streets. And I think she's been incredibly brave there to phone the Gardaí under those circumstances. And I can understand how how difficult that must have been for her to put herself in that position. It's not acceptable. I've been all over the city and I've met community guards and they do a great job. But we do need more on the beat, on the ground, visible. And I do understand that they are trying to recruit more Gardaí, which, of course, we need all over the country. It's not as simple as that, unfortunately. But I still believe that our city is, is doing OK, but we need to be very vigilant. And the message for... Not doing Harris, OK if Agnes is finished with it. 
not doing okay. Well, no. well, unfortunately, there will be instances. And if Agnes wanted to come and talk to me personally, I'd be very happy to, to meet with her. I know I haven't much uh, time left as Lord Mayor, but Agnes, truly, I would like to meet you and just to discuss the whole instance and to get your, you know, to get your feedback. I would appreciate that. Bring her to the but Joint Policing Committee meeting. That's what you should do. Well, I... Corconian's opinion of the state of play in Cork City. Well, certainly, I'm sure episodes like that will be discussed, but I would like to talk to Agnes personally if she would like to meet me. Look, Neil, my final message is this. Certainly, we need more Gardaí. We've got still to get the message out that this behaviour is not acceptable. People know who these people are. Our city needs to thrive, not to be afraid and not to go backwards. Okay. And that's my mission. Thank you, Lord Mayor. Much obliged to you, Lord oh. Mayor, Councillor Deirdre Ford. And to you as well, Agnes. Thank you for taking Thank my you. call. I do appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Text 0868104106. Your thoughts are welcome. Back after the break, we've got Finbar standing by. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. I want to get Caroline's thoughts in a moment on uh, Bishop Lucy Park because that seems to be a magnet for a lot of un- unruly behaviour. Um, it was Grand Parade actually yesterday, about half past seven, a man in his 20s had to be rushed to Cork University Hospital after being critically injured in a stabbing incident in the middle of the city centre. Like, we, we, we hear of these things so often now, you kind of think, oh yeah, another one. Uh, whereas before that would have been a shocking thing, say, 20 or, or 30 years ago, but we kind of seem to take it on the chin these days. Finbar, good morning. Yeah, you need to you need to turn your radio down there, Finbar, and if you don't, I can come back to you, my friend, so I hope you can hold on for a couple of minutes. Caroline. Hi, how are you? I'm well. Now, your, your own story, because uh, first of all, your your eye appointment, wasn't it? That was at um, five o'clock or something on the Grand Parade. It was at five o'clock and he said, you know what? Probably go to Bishop Lucy Park. No, the weather was lovely, thinking I was somewhere else. Uh, but I didn't expect that to happen. No, it all needed to stopping. But I said, like, that, that would be that bad. But like I said, I'm going to cancel it because till early in the morning, because that's when I go to town, because I said... The weather now will really bring, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The badness out. And, which is a shame because it's a beautiful city, like, because I've seen so much and I've been talking to a lot of people and they said, like, if the, people are asking them for money and if they don't give them the money, they're getting very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of, there was a couple of young fellas actually on, was it, uh, yeah, it was yesterday, lunchtime I was inside in town and they had their tops off, but they were spoiling for a fight, like, they were hard men in their, in their late, yeah, they were only in their late teens, but you could almost feel the anger coming off the two of them. Well, Neil, I nearly got a banger last night when I read Paul Byrne's page about the stabbing because they said, I actually cancelled an appointment. Actually, you know, and that weather. And next I saw that news. No, I'm not saying that I was going to be stabbed or up, but you'd be nervous. Yeah, well, your instinct was right. Your instinct was right. Did you go into Bishop Lucy Park recently? Um, like I've been around there but preferably I go to town very early in the morning and there's no one around and I feel a lot safer and stuff and I actually cancelled that eye appointment to nine in the morning so I'd be actually in town early and out but It's not a very pleasurable trip if you're rushing in early in the morning to get out as fast as you can like think about what you're saying like it's awful It's awful like I had this guy now coming up to me wanted to use my phone and um, I was like, you know, I got a bit nervous and I was like, next he started flashing a load of money. He was like, two grand, look at the money I have, look. 
Really? This would have been a, this would have been a merchant's keynote on the bridge. I was going up to a concert in Dublin and I was like, you know the special bus that you get there? I do, I do. Uh, and I was like, you can't even go to a concert in Dublin now and look at this, like, do you know what I mean? And he got very aggressive and then he got very aggressive with people going up the street, like, minding their own business. And I was like, I came in and I was too early for the bus and I got a cup of tea and I sat down in that bridge and I was like, it was the afternoon, and as I said, I, I avoid town in the afternoon, but I had to for the bus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he'd, 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 just, he'd have run away with your phone, obviously. No, I didn't give it. No. I started about, about two grand, you started putting out money. Look, look at the money. So that's another, yeah, that's another story. Where's a guy like that getting two grand? Like, where's he getting that's it from? He's not, he, he didn't work for it. I was, like, I was like, you can buy a nice phone. What do you want? Do you know what I mean? And I was, like, started shouting and rowing, then going across the bridge. And, like, I was just horrified. And I said, remind myself again why I only come to town in the morning. I know, I know, I know. Agnes says the Bishop Lucy Park should be locked up and closed. It should really, like, and it's a pity because, it's, like, it's absolutely beautiful there. And the Peace but, Park like, as well is another magnet for all sorts of carry on. It's very sad. It's just it not, is, it's just not it's acceptable. Like, and it's, like, as I said, like, it's, it's what they're taking and... The aggression, and it, it's only getting worse, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Thanks, Caroline. Very sad that no you have bothered. to... Very sad that a woman would have to time her visits going into the city. Finbar, can you hear me now? Hello. Good man, I can hear you perfectly now. Well, go ahead, you wanted to pick up on my chat with uh, the Lord Mayor, I think, uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I was just saying to me, saying there, is she cutting people, or what is she? They went to, where to go, to Portugal, is Lisbon it? Lisbon and Portugal, yeah, correct. In Portugal. Over in the junket. She went over with doctors. There was a couple of girls in the room, is it? Yeah. The chap Keller went to the last lawyer. He went, didn't he? Yeah, there was, there was counsellors yeah. went. Yeah, doctors went. Gardaí yeah, um, went. Council officials went. Women do great open for them. But they had to go over to see the... They had to go over to see the Lisbon Injection Centre. Good, they know what the same thing is. They'd be doing the same thing here themselves if they got, got, got their act together without going over there. Can't they stand on their own two feet at all? Well, I suppose they want to see how others do, do it. Anything, can they ever do anything on their own city without going to other city? No, there's nothing Your wrong with looking for here. advice, though, direction. <laughs> They're not stupid. I know we'll take what we're at the beginning in, but we're not stupid to continue on their own two feet. Your man was a teller. He went over last year to San Francisco about the same thing. And what did he bring back? You tell me. Nothing again, zero. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. was it money for an old junket? Again, though, we get it over, you know, sort of a, 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 a going away a present. This is only going away a present for her. Yeah, but, uh, but she's going, they she's would say... Older, she's finishing up. They would say that they would have to go and visit other cities to see they, how they do it. Like, if you got a flat-packed piece of furniture in Ikea, as an example, and you brought it home to assemble it, you wouldn't straight away throw the instructions in the bin. You'd study them, wouldn't you? You would, of course. Yeah, so that's the reason they go to look at how others did it, to see how we might do it better. Well, you, you, can't you get on what's the end of the Instagram thing and all this? They can see the whole lot through the Skype and all this. So it's a waste of money and what a load of waffle. Go? Yes, exactly. She was on there again. She was on the load of waffle there. Go, go. She had no clue what she was saying. She's saying... She got a handy, she got a handy mayorship because of the reason she got a mayorship because there's a big cartel inside there. Did they ever get it? 
Oh, that's the way. Well, that's the story. That's the story for another and day. It, yeah, it's, it's know, it revolves. Yeah, it revolves it. between the parties and independence and what yeah, have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just democracy, democracy for you. Well, we had an opportunity to have a directly elected mayor a few years ago. People voted it down. We could have had a direct Lord Mayor. You could have been the Lord Mayor if you put yourself up for it, but people didn't want that. So. Well, I swear I'd have made a good one, I'd say. I'd say you probably would, in fairness to you. I'd say yeah. you probably would. And if you were Lord what? Mayor, what would you do with the state of the city? From the state of the city? What would you do well, if you were one, the Lord Mayor, is what I'm saying to you? For one thing, I know, there, should be, there should be feet on the ground. The girls, there's not a girl to be seen. They're, they're, when they're seen, they're determined. But yet they're not being seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite well, I mean, simple. It's not isn't just it? going around the van and then send the van. You must be able to walk around there. If you if they want to leave Bishop Lucy Park, after that you just patrol and say in the uh, Dawn Square, yeah. passing through. Yeah. these guys just say, "Well, Jesus Christ, time to get all here." Yeah, I agree. It would make you know a what difference. I mean, just when you see them, you see them presence, or else are they are they not afraid of them anymore? Presence is a that deterrent. It is a deterrent. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. And also, on, also yesterday on about the, the stabbings, the the chap that with the, the, the woman down from I. Yeah. Right. You had your man Vesti. with Vesti. Yeah. Vesti, you had you had the the, the, the jogger that was killed stabbed yeah. again by another partner. Ashling Murphy. Then, well, we'll have to wait for that court then, case. We can't say much about that. And then that. you had what's his name? Uh, Jesus Christ. Don, what's his name? Uh, what's yeah. that his name? That was uh, above Bell Bury Man and Road. Oh, yes, I do recall that one, yeah. I do, I do. Frankie Dunn, Frankie Dunn, Frankie Dunn. Yeah, so you're saying... Well, there you are, yeah. three, three partners here. If they were not in the country, on the, if they were very not left in, what they, did, what they were doing in other countries... Would have Danny done, would have a father, he'd be a grandfather, he'd be a brother, he'd yeah. be an uncle today. They'd still have him. Yeah. The same with that girl, and the same with the other girl was very, very lucky in Fumai, because he would have sta- very strangled her, I'd say, because he had to put in You have no idea what could have happened, but it was two Polish lads exactly. who came. It was two Polish lads who came to her <laughs> aid, remember? Yeah, irrespective of who they were. They could have been from Czechoslovakia, they could be Americans. Irish. Yeah, but that means no difference. Okay, that so your no your issue your issue is only with people from overseas who commit serious crime overseas and come to Ireland. Three from there. All right. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. And and what happened? They left into the society again when they left when they do their harem, and that's it. And then they'll commit another. Oh, so we should send them out too late. I think that. nobody would. I think nobody would disagree with you in regards to somebody who's committed a serious crime overseas. They should never be allowed into our country. Well, how do they get in? So how do they get, because how do the they system get is that? flawed. The system is not efficient in that regard in stopping it or protecting us from it. But on there, on there, I thought they were supposed to be sending on. Dead on these people when they're coming to come into our country. You would think, and that's why people are worried yeah, about international course. protection orders where people are tearing well, up all why, of their passports. That's, that's why you have all the demonstrations over there, sure. All right. Okay. Here all right. Coming in, and you didn't know where they're from. Out of time so for now, Finbar. Preset. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Stay in touch, pal. Text 0868104106. Lads, we'll pick it up after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Now, the news.
Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Text 0868 uh, I got lots of calls and an awful lot of texts from our topic this morning. It all kicked off with Agnes and her recent visits into the city. Uh, and it, can I just do this email, if you don't mind, because it'll just show you what people have to put up with, and it's not necessarily anything to do with the city. This is living in your own southern suburbs on the south side. There's been a number of car thefts. Uh, this is... Neil, hi Neil, there's been a, a number of car thefts recently in the south side. I'm aware of at least five in the last three months, personally. Specifically, my nephew's car, stolen in the Douglas Grange area. And I just heard another car theft in Toker from right outside someone's house. This is the fourth car theft in Toker that I've heard of personally. We know these are related incidents, along with the multiple others from the Southside area like Douglas and Wilton, all done by one little gang of scumbags, and I don't use that word lightly. The guards told my nephew that there isn't much that can be done, but an incident number has been raised and they'll keep the investigation active, although we're not holding our breath. His insurance, thankfully, was good enough to get him a rental until they can figure out their next step. However, while on TikTok last night, my nephew saw his car and a screenshot of a Facebook post that we posted about his car being stolen, along with video footage of them actually stealing, joyriding and burning out his car, all on TikTok. TikTok. There's video footage of multiple cars and motorbikes being stolen, and the people who are doing it showing their faces and even tagging their names. Stupid, yes, but they also know there'll be no consequences other than, say, a suspended sentence, and they have no fear of law. They're so brazen that they're even tagging the Ungarda Shikona TikTok account with the videos of them stealing the cars, asking, do you like that? I've never seen such blatant disrespect in all my life. Some of the taglines we see on the TikTok pages are, you lock it and still lose it. Another tagline is Japs only, in reference to only Japanese-made cars. Cars they are th- that they steal because uh, they're so easy to hotwire. It just goes to show your locked car outside your house is just not safe. I've attached a screenshot from one video where someone commented, you walk up to it like it's yours, to which the thief responds, if it's not yours, make it yours. Um, so... These are the kind of taglines that the thieves use amongst each other. Walk up to it like as if you're, it's your own car. Not only are they stealing cars when they're joyriding them, they're also doing 200 kilometres on narrow back roads. If they're met by an oncoming car, who knows what tragedy would happen. That actually makes my blood turn cold when I hear something like that. It could be you, it could be your son, it could be your daughter, it could be your partner, it could be your mother or father. My nephew will get no justice about his car as the family are well known, not only to the people at Toker on the south side, but well known to the guards. We can't retaliate or fight back online by posting the videos and the names even if we wanted to for fear our windows will be put in or our house petrol bombed. Believe me, it could easily happen. Uh, And then this uh, emailer sends me an attachment of all of the different TikTok posts and videos and messages and it says nephew's nephew's car. We aren't even safe in our own neighbourhood anymore. Cork has really taken a turn for the worst. It is scary. Once again, please don't share my personal info. I won't be willing to come on air as I know people will recognise my name and my voice. I'm frightened of them. We all are. But I hope you can take the opportunity to look into this. See for yourself the madness that we have to deal with and that you will discuss this on your show, bring awareness to the issue, and I urge people of Cork to be vigilant, install cameras in the driveways, or wherever they park your car. Um, Thank you for that lengthy email, but it's very descriptive, and of course it is exactly uh, a perfect description of what is happening now, um, because we spoke about the city earlier this morning, but this is suburban crime, known to the guards, and no fear, uh, no fear of any repercussions, you see. Back to the phone lines we go. Kathleen, good morning. 
Thank you, thank you for holding. I just wanted to read that email. Go, what's on your mind? Go ahead. Um, it's the same thing. Okay, it's very difficult to hear you now. You're not on a speakerphone or anything. Yeah? No, it's um, it's the same story, Neil, over and over. It, it's a repeat of story all the time. It's the same thing. I agree. Yeah, people going into town. Uh, they happen to get out of town fast. It's it's just a repeat of the same thing over and over. But the main thing is is that there's nothing being done about it. You see, there's nothing. It's just happening over and over and over again. But it's not coming to a standstill. There's nobody doing nothing about it. It's just a repeat, a repeat, a repeat all the time, over and over. And I'm wondering, like, I'm wondering where does it all end? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wonder, is it a war that's been lost, really? Um, you know, they, 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 yeah. the, big, the big consensus on Side is that if there were more members of Mungardi Shikana physically on our streets, as in boots on the ground, it might make at least some dent in it. Yeah, and as I said as well, uh, Neil, boots, boots of the army as well on the ground, they say. I really think they need to be a stronger presence on the streets of what's happening now, because there is no presence at the moment. What's happening now with the guards? I mean, I think they're doing their best, but they just can't be everywhere with the the, the amount that we have at the one time, you know. You're going into town, you don't see a guard. You know when you go into town what's facing you. You can see, you can see, foresee what's happening. You can see the picture in front of you. Of, of you, you, you are like. so right. It's, it's, you know that there's a risk involved and there shouldn't okay. be a risk involved. Absolutely. I mean, you can, you're just walking up town, you're doing your own business in town, but you can hear uh, the aggression from both of your ears. You can, you're hearing aggression. You're seeing these guys uh, on the street. You're seeing them coming up to people and they're looking for money off you, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's just, it has taken over the city. It's taken over. It's maybe on Friday. Friday's gone very dim inside the town. Very dull. You're just, it's, it's depressed. Friday is gone. Friday morning is a depressed city inside the town. It's in the, in the, in, 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 that is quiet, is it? Absolutely. Because like you're just seeing these people all the time. Like they're, they've taken over. They have it taken over walking around in their bare body since the heat came in. And uh, they've just taken it over, walking it up on the Plunkett Street, yeah. walking up Princess Street, sitting down on the doorstep. Yeah, I see the um, characters walking up down the Plunkett Street. Yeah, and they have it well sucked as well, you know, they have a well sucked. Okay. They have well, it taken over and they have a well sucked out at this stage. I mean, uh, the other day, now I've seen uh, two guys, uh, one guy, uh, one kind of very kind of big, broad guy, walking past Waterstones and... Um, he, there was these two smaller guys coming towards him and he pushed the smaller guy towards Waterstone's window. I thought he'd go through it. I mean, he just banged him up against the window and that's only up a few days ago. Oh, unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable, yeah. at yeah. three o'clock in the day. Yeah, I saw a couple actually the other day, on, actually it was a couple of weeks ago on, on Grand Parade and there was, a, there was a fight. I was walking past it. I was going into Crowley's to get, I don't know, something for my father, but uh, lucky I didn't bring yeah. him with me. Um, but uh, there was two guys going at it and this couple were walking past and your man, the male in the couple, was going to go and try and stop them and his wife or partner said to him, stay out of it, stay out of it, just keep walking, keep walking. Yeah, yeah. and it's just so sad, Neil, because maybe if, you know... It, something seriously happened and if he did intervene it, it might happen to him as well because the, the person could have turned on him as well then so 
that's where you're... you're that's totally, where you're yeah, I can understand why people wouldn't intervene. You know, I really yeah. can. Thanks for that, yeah. Kathleen. Thank you. Much obliged. You. Uh, by text, downtown Kabul is safer and Simon Harris wants to increase remission time to 33% to free up prison spaces. You couldn't make this up. Um, Agnes thinks that's bad. You should work in Tesco, Paul Street and see what we have to put up with every day. Thank you for that text. Do come back if you get time to send me a longer text and give me an idea. I won't give out any personal details. Give me an idea with exactly what you have to put up with working in Tesco in Paul Street. Share it with us. I'm a taxi driver, Neil, and this morning is the first time in a long time I saw six or seven Gardaí on push bikes. Well, that's a good thing. You should see the abuse we in the GPO have to put up with from the drug dealing fraternity. Come down Monday, Wednesday and Thursday and you can get anything you want. Um, So again, this is more staff having to put up with grief, for want of a better term, the staff in the GPO. Um, Would you? Well, there's a lot goes on inside the GPO and outside the GPO, actually, on those particular specific welfare days. Would you believe I had an eye test at 5pm in the Grand Parade yesterday, but I cancelled it till early morning. Sorry, uh, that's a text that actually did come on air. I asked the Lord Mayor on your station with Mick Mulcahy on her first day what she was going to do about the state of the city, drugs, dereliction, buildings, no toilets. And the only answer she gave was, I look at that. So what has she done as her time as a mayor? I assume nothing, only blah, says Desi. I passed that incident on the Grand Parade last night and there wasn't a guard to be seen. Town was buzzing. This is the stabbing incident you're describing, is it? Uh, The town was buzzing with people, walking with kids and people going to the concert in Independent Park. Uh, I was around town for about two hours. I didn't see one Garda. My daughter, who's 21, and was with me right up until... was was Sorry, my daughter, who was 21, and was with me, was up all night vomiting because of the shock. That particular area in the city is known for trouble, and it's astonishing how they can find Gardaí for other less important duties while our city is so dangerous. I'd be surprised if that young fella survives, to be honest. It was absolutely awful what we saw. Don't give up my details, but I won't be walking around the city again. Your daughter was up all night vomiting because she witnessed the stabbing. Um, that's absolutely horrendous. Uh, you, Neil, see, you were going, going on the other day about how lucky we are that Cork is so different to Dublin. I was, I was. Maybe you'll change your tune now. Cork City has changed completely in a negative way. It's full of druggies and people coming up to you looking for money. I was down one of those side streets the last time I was in the city and there was a stench of urine. It's great for all our visitors to see all of this carry on, isn't it? Um, uh, Gardaí are too busy lurking lurking around the Mercy Hospital, giving staff parking tickets at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, the The army idea of yours is just brilliant. Let's have martial law. Do you realise how stupid you sound? Thank you for that. Uh, If you're a victim of crime in Amsterdam, the city pays compensation. Maybe paying out money to victims would put the fire up the council's arse to actually do something. There's that and lots more besides. Um, I want to get back to the phone lines and we'll come back to text in a few minutes. I'm Michael, good morning. Hello. Thank you so much for holding. Um, Your own thoughts on this. I, I'm on about this, this man that's in the tent here, right? Yes. I hear that the bar is yes. here. Hold on, wait a now. Where's behind the Ayrton? Where's behind the Ayrton now? Dependent of cock. They're doing nothing at all for cock. The people are coming in here. They're coming in here. They're getting houses. They're getting off of the buses. They're giving their excuses. That man is not in training tent. He's just because he's in the tent. This is okay. Danny Searles, who's in a tent in Mallow and uh, going through cancer that's, and chemotherapy. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do I know? 
There's a, there's a, I won't say which bridge because I don't want to draw too much attention to him, but it's a city bridge. There's a fellow with a small tent um, just under the bridge. There's a small little area of, of concrete which you'd have to climb over a railing to get down into. And, and then he put his pen, he pitched his tent literally under the bridge so he can't be seen. And I was there the other day looking into it and he's got a sleeping bag in there and he's got all his possessions in there. He, I don't know whether it was a he or a she, but he's living under the bridge inside in Cork City. So we see this so often now. We see this so often. We really do. Yeah, but we we TDs Councils of all that now. Not one of them has come on the radio. Not one of them will come on them for votes, sir. Oh, they'll now be around them, for the election, I all right, yeah. yeah. Why haven't yeah. uh, something done about the people of Cork? Do you know that now? Do you know that now? They're not the refugees anymore. Do you know the Irish people? We are the refugees because they're getting more attention than us. They'll get more. We are the refugees in our own country. Yeah, well, we are the refugees. Well, I can understand. So it, that way. I can understand why you. I can, un- I can understand why you might feel that way because it does seem to be. Kind no, of the- I don't feel that way. It is that way. It is that way. Yeah. It is that. Way. We are the refugees in our own country. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want. I don't want to create a situation where people's anger would be I turned on refugees. I retired. I don't cover up for TDs. I, I have I have on numerous occasions. What about the man that sleeps in the field? What's been done with him? Has he been host? No. He wants has he been host? No, he hasn't. No. He's down in the field and he could be murdered. 69 years of age, huh? Yeah. And no one gives a toss about him. Not one of these. And it's very, it's very interesting because... Well, have, you a, have you a room in your house, ever? Have I a room in my house? Yeah. What do you mean, have I a room? You want me to take have him in? To take him in, yeah. Right, you want me to... You're asking people all around there, have you rooms for, uh, for people from the Ukraine to come in? Have you one... To take some no, I never, I never encourage, I never, encu- I never encourage anyone on this program to take a refugee into their home. Politicians did. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't. I don't have a refugee in my home. I didn't ask you. I didn't say you had. And, I, and, and, right. and, and I'm not planning on. I'm not planning on bringing a refugee into my home. Are you? Would you take that on Are you? Would you? I would. You would. I would. I would. Of course, didn't know. 
but he comes to told me in the house, I would tell him, I give him my to tell him, bring him up to the stairway and I'll take him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, want to stay in bedroom because simply as whatever somebody comes, you cannot bring him into the house, the house I gave me, right? Two bedroom house, right? But I would take him in straight away if they leave me, bring I tell him I come up out of the field. I leave no one on the streets. That's the way I was brought up. Look after people. Look after others. If you see an old man crossing the road, make sure you help him. Yeah. That's the way I was brought up. Good man. That's simple as that. Good man, good man. Okay, well, do you want me to put you in touch with Danny? Well, you can put me in touch on her and ask the council of Darling, wait to her in the council house, small council house. Okay, Simple okay. Okay, well, that's very kind of you. Fair play. You have the courage of your convictions. Thanks for that, Michael. I'll check in with Danny and see where he's at. I don't actually know, to be quite honest with you. It's a week since I spoke to him, whether he still is in a tent or not. But it's an interesting point that Michael makes about our politicians because Dáil Éireann and Leinster House is in Dublin, so they must be seeing the state of Dublin you know, they, they couldn't miss it unless they're completely and utterly blind. Um, so they must be aware of how bad it is, certainly in Dublin. And if they're ever around Cork City, uh, I can't speak for how often they are, uh, but they'd certainly see it if they were out and about. Listening to the Lord Mayor is absolutely an eye-opener to someone like me listening to her. She's saying to get on to these people's families and maybe that might help. It just proves that these lifelong politicians are so far removed from the reality uh, this isn't a personal attack on the Lord Mayor, but not one politician actually lives in the same reality as the rest of us. Uh, Neil, bring out the army. Are they having a laugh? We have the Minister of Justice telling prison officers that they're to let prisoners out earlier. What an indictment on the people who are supposed to be looking after us, says Pat. Actually, the suggestion of if we have a shortage of Gardaí, that we should have the army patrolling the streets was mine uh, and not the Lord Mayor's. I know, it's, I know it sounds quite drastic uh, and it, it doesn't look right, um, but there are other European cities that do that and they have the army and a lot of Spanish cities and French cities actually uh, are policed by the army. You see it quite regularly. Back after the break, text 0868 106. I hope you can hold on, Colm. Coming back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 Red FM. Stabbing on the Grand Parade last evening. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Colm, good morning. Good morning, Ian. Thank you for holding. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Two things I want to say. Yeah. First, actually, three. First, the guy there saying we're all immigrants and everything else. We're hell, thousand times lucky what we have and what we have in Ireland than any other country. That's my first point. It was a bit of pathetic saying, oh, we're all immigrants. No, Michael, Michael wasn't saying we're all immigrants. He was he was talking about the unfairness that he sees with regards to refugees getting, he claims everything, and, and, and the likes of Danny Searles is in a tent in a field in Mallow. Well, blame, blame whoever was six years ago putting us on the, the UN charter that we all have to... All right. Okay. All the EU countries have to do it. Well, I understand, but I understand, but that that was the point he was making, and he's he's entitled to oh. make it for now. Anyway, we still, as far as I know, are a democracy. Um, but it's, it's the issue of Cork City we were talking about this morning. Cork City, the yeah. state of it. Cork City's gone to the, gone to the dogs for the last five ten years. What happened to that poor lad was well overdue. It was overdue to something bad to happen in the city. Yeah. Sir Paul Byrne was on two weeks ago on Virgin Media, who is a drug addict, who um, 
who said that there's going to be stabbings, there's going to be everything, and yet city council workers were over in Portugal visiting a drug rehab centre and they want one in Cork City. Well, the stabbing That's last night, I don't know. There certainly was a stabbing and I have texts from people who actually witnessed it, a lengthy text from somebody who was traumatised by what she and her daughter saw. I don't know if it was drug-related, though. But I will play I will play that report, though, that you're referencing with regards to Paul Byrne from Virgin Media, all right? Yeah. I, and just my final thing, just myself even witnessed three mornings ago at 8 o'clock, there was four definitely... Chuggies uh, fighting over a uh, crack cocaine in the city. They were literally in the city down Park Street at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, desperate for a fix. So they um, were trying to take it off each other. Is it? They were trying to be one. It was thrown up against the back of TK Max, and then I, I just passed it. But all I could hear was, "That's my cocaine. That's." That's not yours and all this. Yeah, okay. It's an absolute disgrace. It's shocking. All right, uh, thank you for that, column. He's referencing uh, Paul Byrne. Move, the report, actually, I think, had to do with the fact that Cork is moving a step closer to the supervised drug injection centre following the visit to Portugal by the Gardaí, medical experts and officials and counsellors to see how the centres in Lisbon are managed. And he did speak with an addict who was referencing the fact that it's going to just get worse. Have a listen. You don't have to look too far to see that people are using heroin where possible. To be honest with you, I'm lucky to even be standing here today. Last year, I had 15 overdoses. Twelve years on from smoking his first joint, Gary's life is now consumed by heroin. My main thing was benzos. And my heroin addiction started in prison. So I, like, I couldn't get nothing inside. So then I ended up getting a bag of heroin and five months later then I was ghost on it. The 35-year-old says a proposed supervised drug injection centre for Cork can only be seen as a positive. As long as there's heroin on our streets, what is going to happen? There's just going to be deaths, there's going to be stabbings, assaults, there's, the place is going to be havoc. Delegates from Cork City Council along with Gardaí and officials at the HSE have just returned from Portugal where they examined the workings of supervised injection centres. Overall the data that was you know, provided to us over there that these things do work um, the reduction in drug use, the, redu- the reduction in petty crime, the reduction in drug litter, uh, it's very evident to see. One of the centres is just 10 minutes from the centre of Lisbon. The other operates on a mobile basis five days a week. Now the supervised injection facility in Lisbon was 17 years in the making. They decriminalised this back in 2001 and it was only 2020 that they got it up and running. So, you know, we've a long way to go yet, um, but I would be very hopeful, you know, that it's, it's the right approach. Gary says he longs to feel safe and to have peace of mind. Paul Byrne, Virgin Media News, Cork. Conversations like this on air this morning, Neil, is nothing more than a load of waffle. Nothing will be done. Cork City is only an SHIT hole, just like Dublin. Uh, morning, listening to your show this morning, we only hear a fraction of the crimes. We only hear a fraction of the antisocial behaviour that actually occurs out there. I just retired from door security after many years having reached a milestone. I've seen it all, says Mike. Uh, Again, I'd love if you came back to me and gave me some more information. If you have time on your hands or even an email 
uh, as to your own experiences, email neil at redfm.ie. Thank you, Mike. There are guards, but they're staying away from all of the trouble that's going on. I was in Glanmire doing some work and the guards rocked up and we were chilling, having coffee in the sun. Uh, I mean, <laughs> why were they interested in talking to you? That's nuts. Um, these people committing crimes are addicts who have hundreds of previous charges. It's revolving doors in the prison system where people are actually coming out addicted to more serious drugs. They have drugs, drink and phones in prison and are running their drug dealing from inside. Uh, help these people. Only when there is money to be made by our government will they actually help people. We should have a mobile injection system at least and counselling on site. Yeah, uh, that is an accurate text, uh, to be quite honest with you. Heroin is getting into Cork Prison, for sure it is. We heard it there on Paul Byrne's report. Drugs are out there for anyone to take. Do we need to wait till it's a child's belonging to a politician or a judge for them to eventually take a stand against drug dealing? Drug debt beatings are an everyday occurrence now. Uh, Build a modular injection centre. Modular is the answer to all our government's problems. We let them build one for our very sick people who are sleepwalking. Why don't we let them build one for our very sick people who are sleepwalking around our city? They do seem zombie-like, all right. Uh, why didn't the Lord Mayor get into her car first before before she... Why didn't that woman get into her car first before she called the guards? Um, I have a different story. I went to the city a few days back and what a lovely day I had. Yes, I saw a few homeless people, but they didn't seem to bother anyone. I listened to the music and browsed the shops and had my coffee and a lovely sandwich. I just had a lovely day. And the English market is just amazing. That's Marie who listens in Clon. Uh, what about reserve guardy? Okay, they don't have much power, but the sight of a uniform surely would be a deterrent. Uh, my God, she really thinks once the small few people are told to cop on that everything will be all right and there'll be no more drugs and stabbings, so says the Lord Mayor. Uh, I'd study the instructions, all right, and not call into someone's house and ask them to show me their IKEA couch, like going to Portugal, use the internet. Come on now. Well, it, that was my conversation with Finbar, actually, you know, as to trying to, I was trying to make a point that sometimes you do need to go abroad to see how other people do things, like in, like in following the instructions. Uh, on the antisocial behaviour in the city, how can parents tell their children not to behave antisocially in an antisocial world? Uh, and uh, that's an interesting thought. And just one or two more. Uh, don't want to be named, but a question you should ask is, how much of a say does the Lord Mayor or any politician actually have uh, with regards to the number of guards on the street? I would think none when it comes down to it. Uh, sure, they can put pressure on and request more, but do they really have any say? And I guess the answer to that really is no. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. You can pick up the phone, text 0868104106. Talking about picking up the phone, Agnes did call 999 um, and uh, an off-duty guarder said, Agnes is right, I'm an off-duty guarder. If someone rings a station in Cork, they're passed to a call centre in Anglesey Street and more often than not, you don't get an answer. It's absolutely shocking. I know it sounds so depressing to be talking about all of the uh, more negative aspects of living in what is a beautiful city. Unfortunately, it's not the city's fault. It's those that live in it and walk amongst us and the carry on of the reams of it this morning. I will come back to the. I just want to facilitate some time just because I had set aside some time because I just wanted to talk on another topic for a little while but I will get back to text on this after 11 o'clock this morning. You know, we, we already have hate speech laws in Ireland, right? And I was telling you a couple of weeks ago that we are going through the Shannon now at the moment is an updated version of our new hate speech laws. Uh, and if they're voted through, you will notice an awful lot of difference 
um, with what you can do and what you can say and where you can go and what you can store on your phone. Even saying those words sound quite alarming, really. It sounds very much like uh, Big Brother. In, in some ways, I suppose, it has to be updated, uh, hate speech, which would be uh, defined as threatening or abusive or something that might stir up hatred against a person for lots of different reasons. It could be their race, their colour, their nationality, their religion, religion their ethnicity, um, they could be of traveller origins, their sexual orientation. So it protects people's rights to live a happy and peaceful life in that regard. But there are complications to it, of that you can be sure. And when I said it's going through the Shannon at the moment, it is. And Senator uh, Sharon Keown uh, joins me by phone. She's an independent Senator. Sharon, good morning. Good morning to you, Niall. Good morning to all your listeners. What does this entail that makes you so ardently against the change? Right, okay. Well, I suppose really it is our freedom of expression and our freedom of speech that really is under attack. And I suppose if I start off by reading some of the the minister's words the other day, and then you will see why. So she said, however, I should make it clear that no one has a right not to be offended. The right to freedom of expression and freedom of speech are vital rights in any democratic society. These rights are protected by the Irish Constitution and the European Convention of Human Rights. You have a right to express your convictions and your opinions, no matter how unpopular they might be. You have a right to be divisive and argumentative, a right to offend others and to hold political opinions which are not the mainstream. Helen McEntee said this. She said that. Now... One paragraph down. However, freedom of speech is not an absolute right. One contradicts the other then. Absolutely. So, you know, it it is very worrying. And I am, you know, there's opposition to this, very, very small amount of opposition at this moment in time. I am glad that some of the party uh, colleagues on the Fianna Fáil side have come out airing uh, their concerns. Uh, we heard from uh, Dennis O'Donovan the other day. We heard from Lisa Chambers the other day who aired concerns in relation to the, the, the language of this bill and the implications uh, of this particular bill and what it might do to that freedom of okay, speech. OK, but just, let's, um, let's look at a couple of examples of it, just off the top of my head, of course, because part of it does deal with gender identity. And uh, if, if I were to say, after this bill is passed, or somebody came on this radio programme and said, I, I believe it is my view that there are only two sexes that there are only two genders. That's uh, is that a hate crime? That could that could be a hate crime. And if you looked what happened to, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we had the Canadian uh, billboard quiz in the country, and there was an incident in the Dublin where the the Garda basically turned up uh, on Grafton Street to um, tell him that he couldn't be on the street um, with his billboard. Um, uh, he had a sandwich board which read children cannot consent to puberty blockers and he had been reported I think by the Disney store at the time right. um, so he's yeah. not, he, he, he wasn't entitled to that opinion under this new legislation that could be, that could be considered a hate crime and he could be arrested and possibly would be arrested for carrying such a message. But there are some things that you shouldn't, that you wouldn't be allowed and, and shouldn't be allowed. Like if you had no, a billboard, I mean, if you had a billboard nobody... on Patrick Street saying that, that, um, that uh, you know, there were no concentration t- camps, there were no genocide. Um, clearly, that, that's, that's not that tolerable. That is not, uh, obviously. And nobody wants to incite violence or hatred on, 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 a, on a group of, uh, of individuals. Nobody wants to do that. And, and this is not what this bill is about. This is about uh, the suppression of free speech 
um, and that, that right, that, that inalienable right that we do have in this country and, and indeed throughout the world. But uh, if you look at many, many countries have introduced uh, this particular legislation and you can see what's happening in the UK. I mean, I even watched a video, I think, last night where someone that was preaching the gospel was arrested in, uh, in a street in, in, in London over the last couple of days. So what is deemed offensive is reading the Bible offensive, is reading the Quran, preaching the, the word of God, is that deemed offensive? It is to people and they will feel hurt. And if they feel hurt, they can be reported uh, and that person can be arrested. And an individual and un- can report another individual? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, section. I mean, the, mo- and the most worrying um, aspect of this is uh, section fifteen. The search warrants that are actually there in relation to this. Okay, um, tell us about particular- that. What does that involve? Okay, so this this allows the, the guardy to get a warrant. So you make a complaint. Somebody makes a, a complaint about an individual. The, the guardy. That I've posted the percent- something online for. Since- you post something online. Yeah. You go to the guardy. Uh, you're offended by it. You're hurt by it. Um, the guardy then can get a search warrant from the courts if they think that you may have any. Material, which you obviously uh, clearly have because you're after posting something online yes. um, or you're after distributing some um, material by leaflets or whatever. And um, so they will come and they will um, check your phones, they will confiscate your phones, um, the, any, any reading material that you have, anything that you may, you may have that may be considered to incite violence or hatred against somebody or a group. Um, even, even if you've never actually intended to use it, if you've never intended to publicise it, um, they can confiscate, confiscate all your computers. Anybody that's living in your house, um, other students that might be living in the apartment blo- uh, apartment with you, all those devices will be seized. Um, so, and they can take you know books, diaries um, from every single member in, in your in your house. Um, so. And but then you, but what yeah, they can do, they, will so sit you, they can yeah. sit you down. They, they sit you down. You have to then give them access to to your to your devices. So if you refuse to do that, like refuse to give a password or open your password laptop. or open that open any any yeah passwords in particular. If you refuse that, you can end up in jail uh, or, or for um, a year or be fined five thousand um, five thousand euro for that. So you know it is a, it is a very very worrying piece of legislation. Um, I I I believe that we must uh, fight this. Um, at, uh, with every fibre of our, our body in, in relation to, to the Shannon. We have 60 senators in, in the Shannon at the moment. I think about 10 or 11 have spoken on it at, at this stage. I would hope that every single senator would engage on this piece of legislation. So Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and, and the Greens will automatically vote this through on block, will they? Well, oh, hold on. I mean, judging by what, I mean, Dennis O'Donovan said the other day that he would lose the whip the other day in relation to this piece of legislation um, if it goes through in its current form. And I think all the, you know, at committee stage, I think you are going to see a lot of amend- amendments going in from all sections, which is really welcomed because in the doll, I don't think it got, you know, the, the, pro- the it went through due process. I think it went through very, very quickly in the doll. It shouldn't have happened. But a lot, a lot is going on. You can understand there's so much going on with legislators and, and uh, um, legislation in the door. It's very, very hard for TDs to keep on top of every single... Yeah, but it's kind of important, though, isn't it? It's, no, it's, this it's, is it's, a it's re- about democracy is, and freedom of speech. This is, absolutely. This is probably one of the most important pieces of legislation that will go through... Uh, that, uh, 
but certainly in my time that I've been there in the last three years and we've seen you know over the, 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 the length uh, uh, of COVID since 2020 you know where people's uh, rights were suppressed uh, the, uh, freedom of movement all of those things were suppressed during the COVID, the COVID, the COVID uh, the two years that we had in COVID. So yeah, but, this is more suppression of power on Yeah, but on, you accept that people. some things need to be kept in check and there is, that you know, people can be hateful against minorities and people can be hateful but people against... Have, I mean, I, I, I have... The, I, there's not a hateful... I mean, there's nobody in this world that I can actually say that I actually hate. However, I might shock, I might offend, I might, I might, I might hurt... But I do uh, hurt, but I I do not hate anybody. There's nobody in this world that I hate, and I and and it is uh, it's the right to open debate. It's the right to have the conversations, and I think education is so vitally important here. And I think the government needs to look at that how we can educate people in relation to to matters in which they consider. You know, whether it be race. I mean, you can see the protected uh, uh, sections within within the legislation, and you know, education is really really important. Whether it be cultural education, um, you know, in relation to minorities, um, that that. That is something that really, really needs to be looked at in, in relation to the government uh, on this piece of legislation. Um, so it is worrying. Uh, I would urge the public out there to contact the senators that haven't spoken yet. Yeah, we I, I had... endeavoured to get the opinion of Jerry Buttermer, Senator Jerry Buttermer here on Leaside, but he was not in a position to comment, he said, because he's the Cahir look and he's not... Well, it, that would be true. He is impartial. And so he can, unfortunately, he will not be able to comment on it because he is actually... The would he not be on... able to tell me how he will vote even? Um... I'm not too sure um, whether he would be able to tell you how... He should be able to tell you how, how, how he votes, but normally the chair doesn't... You see, the government at this moment in time have a massive uh, majority in the Senate. So Jerry Buttermer's vote, uh, or the chair's vote, is very rarely needed. So um, there is no need for him even to vote because yeah. they, have, they have the numbers all of the time. But it is important that people engage with senators throughout the country, get them to turn up to this debate, turning up and sitting in those seats and having and expressing your views on whatever those views may was, be in relation to those. But there was a re- we need to know what they're thinking. But, but there was a reading, I read somewhere, I can't remember where, but I did read some of that there was readings of this bill in the Dáil and the Dáil was empty. I, 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 cannot, I cannot comment on uh, what people do in the door. I can only comment what. But what I'm just saying, they're asleep at the wheel if they're not turning up for something like that. Like, what, what impact would it have, say, for instance, on, on media or, or, or a radio oh programme well, like this? Well, media, I mean, it's going to have a, a massive um, impact on media, artistic, political, scientific, religious, academic. It's going to have a, a, a lot of impact on that. Will you be able to express freely on the station in relation to the issues that you brought up earlier on? I do not believe you will. I do believe that you will be prosecuted. And that is the problem going forward. There's no, first of all, there's no clear uh, definition of hatred in the bill. And I think uh, Senator Mullen and Senator McDowell are honing in on the on the two words of, of hatred and gender. Okay. And they are very capable barristers. Um, and I certainly hope that the, the government are, are wise to listen to the eminent, uh, uh, the eminent uh, Senator McDowell. I mean, he's the previous um, did, uh, Attorney General. He was the Minister for Justice before. He knows what he's talking about here. 
and he, he will express that over the course of this debate. This debate is only just starting. We are, or we're on second stage now, then it goes to committee stage. Yes. And I, I know I've already got in around 60, 70 amendments okay. uh, ready okay. to go in. Yeah. And I know that other senators on the opposition side have a vast uh, majority of uh, amendments to go into. On the 10th so, of November and, to, on the 10th of November 2022 the second stage reading of this bill was going through the Dáil. There were five TDs in the in Leinster House in the Dáil in the Dáil Chamber, five. So so it, it, say a, a programme like this then that would have quite impassioned opinions from members of the public. I, I try and keep it in check as best I can. This will all change because somebody can listen to something that they don't agree with even though people have a right to express an opinion, and they can call the Garda Shikana, and then the Garda Shikana will come and arrest me. Like the Minister for Justice said, free speech, freedom of speech, is not an absolute right. And there, that you've got to remember that. Yeah. Okay. okay. It is not a re- so very simply. You don't have the right to make defamatory comments. These are her words. You don't have the right to incite hatred or violence against individuals. So. These are the words that have been already used by the Minister for, 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 for Justice. Well, people shouldn't so be allowed to stir up hatred, though, against people because they're different. There shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be happening. So No, abso- ab- absolutely not. That's a given. And, and some, so that, that, is a, that is a given. I mean, at the end of the day, there's many people that would have concerns in relation to uh, that particular issue that you, you spoke about earlier. Earlier, But sometimes those issues are in relation to women's rights and the erosion of women's rights. And I think women have the right to express those opinions for the survival of, our, of, of women's rights, um, you know, as a protected sex. There's no so, way they're going to be able to police social media like this, though, because that's where most of this is well, happening. I know. I mean, look, at, we already have we, we already have depleting numbers in our Garda Shia out there fighting crime on our streets every single day. To think that there's going to be Garda Shia in some sort of a, a room monitoring media is absolutely ridiculous. Because the numbers are not simply there. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, uh, you know, and the fact of the matter is that the government even didn't even listen to the public consultation that was made. They didn't even listen to it. They, they, 75% of the people that, that actually took part in the public consultation disagreed with what the government were uh, trying to do. In well, that, to that's bill. democracy at work then. 75% of people said no to this. So we should be careful then if this happens of what we public say in consultation public. Is not, public, yeah, pu- public consultation is not, it, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to do what, what, uh, what the public agree with. We will probably set up, as you well know, citizens' assemblies are put together to basically get the right people into a room to deliver the government uh, agenda. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is the way we're going in relation to whether it be NATO or uh, our neutrality. So we have to be really, really careful of what the government is, is trying to, the road the government is trying to take this country down on. We have to be wide awake to legislation that is okay. is going through our, our, our Dáil and our Shannon. And, you know, when people see stuff that is happening, um, alert your TDs, alert your senators to it. But please, I ask the public down there that listen to your radio station to engage with your senators that are down around that area. Ask them to show up, take part of this debate. I don't really care what side of the fence they sit on in relation to this, but we need to hear their opinions in relation to, because they need to stand over this. They have to stand over this particular legislation because, you know, it doesn't make any difference. Your right to protest. If, for instance, let's say in Cork, um, 
this legislation gets passed and the government decide to put in refugees, hundreds of refugees in, 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 in a particular area. And the public have concerns about that and they get out to protest about that. They too will be... Um, uh, possibly breaking the legislation, possibly breaking the, yeah. le- the legislation in relation to this. Even those that are, 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 are uh, Palestinian, you know, people that get out there uh, to support Palestine, you know, and want to boycott, boycott Israel. You know, those. Pe- I mean, these people have been prosecuted already in, in France. So there's examples there already throughout European uh, legisl- uh, European countries where people have already been prosecuted for hate crimes. Okay. Um, okay. So please get active, people alert your TD, alert your senators and get them engaged. And thank you for bringing this thank to you, the attention Senator. of your thank listeners you. here thank this morning. I'll be coming back to it after 11 o'clock but thank you for your contribution, Senator Sharon Cohen, independent senator. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound too tabloidy about it but it does sound to me as if you'd be kind of looking over your shoulder uh, in case someone's listening, you know, afraid of a knock on the door for expressing an opinion. Back after 11, text 0868104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Okay, uh, an awful lot of text on the state of the city from this morning. Thank you for those. Also, somebody say, what is what the hell is wrong with this? country 18 months prison for a paedophile says Eilish she's referencing actually a story of the court report from Barry Roach in the Irish Times this morning a 46 year old man's been jailed for 18 months caught by a group uh, who style themselves as paedophile hunters I've spoken to them on the air they're very effective in the investigations that they do uh, and this man uh, Tim Bowen uh, of Monkstown turned up at a Cork cafe to meet what he believed to be a 14 year old girl with the intention of having sex with her. Now he did plead guilty uh, to uh, two offences arising from the incident. It happened when the group they were using an adult decoy pretending to be the child um, and they met with him. Uh, he thought he was meeting a 14 year old. He was actually meeting paedophile hunters unbeknownst to him uh, at Costa Coffee in Bishopstown in July of 2019. Um, and uh, he pleaded guilty to attempting to communicate with the child. Now, the paedophile hunters had all the documentation and the photographs and the screen grabs and the texts and what have you. Um, they uh, had to, they stopped uh, Bowen as they believed he had to come to the cafe with the intention of meeting a 14-year-old girl and they called the guards. Um, and they handed the guard then a dossier containing photographs and text messages between Bowen and the alleged 14-year-old girl that he thought he was communicating with, but it was actually a decoy adult. Um, and they uh, also recorded, the, the paedophile hunters record everything, and they recorded all of their interactions then when they uh, confronted Bowen in uh, the cafe. Um, very alarmingly, it was reported in court that he had uh, cleaned out the back of his van and brought condoms to have sex with her. It's just so, so alarming. Uh, so people are suggesting that that sentence is way too short um, and that it should have been much, much longer. Uh, so that's the court report from Barry Roach with regards to that story in the court courts yesterday. Text 0868104106. If you have thoughts on that, do you think that sentence is too short? Is a more um, lengthy sentence needed to send out a message? Uh, I think, to be quite honest, um, you know, these paedophile hunter groups are very, very effective. Um, and it's great to see that they work very much hand in hand with the Gardaí here and with the police in the UK as well. Can I just go back to the issues regarding this hate legislation? Um, a good example of that would be if there was uh, if there was a conversation on this programme, say next year, where people were giving their views on transgenderism. 
right? Uh, and would be entitled to an opinion on it. Say, for instance, transgenderism when it came to sport, um, uh, bathroom facilities, uh, prisons. Um, that then would be deemed an offence if somebody listening to people on the air um, having that opinion um, got upset by it and that could then be investigated by Angarda Shikana so it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be very murky waters going forward if this is passed I mean we do need hate laws people can't say whatever they want about things you have to have some kind of controls but it's about whether it's gone too far or not but just on the on this topic for now an interesting conversation for you with Anig she's from a group called Not All Gays Ireland um, and I want to have a quick chat with her if you don't mind Anig thanks for holding good morning with 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 regards can you hear me okay you can Hi, Neil. Yes, I can hear you. With regards to this conversation, we were talking with the senator before eleven on this. What are you, what are your thoughts on it? Because you you have particular interest, obviously, with regards to sexual orientation. But where, where are you guys at with this? It's a small group of you have come together, is it? So it's a group of nine young LGB people from Ireland, um, and one of the reasons that we actually formed the group was because of this hate crime bill and the threat it poses to us having our freedom of expression to say that we are same-sex attracted. Um, and we believe that like the, the hate speech element of this will curtail that. We have all experienced um, being called hateful both online and in person for saying that we're same sex attracted and not same gender attracted. Um, it's we'd be fearful that we would face prosecution um, in Norway where they have a similar law already enacted. There was a woman, Christina Ellingson, who put out a tweet online um, saying that men cannot be mothers or lesbians and she faced criminal investigation and was facing three years in prison for saying that biological males cannot be lesbians um, just on a tweet um, and their laws are not quite as extreme as well, well, Wait a second, so so somebody was sent, sent to jail for saying that men could not have babies So I'm not sure what stage of the investigation it's at but she did have to go in for interview and the whole investigation process um, so if I were to say, because last time I checked, men could not have babies, um, uh, is, is that a crime now to say that? Or will it be? Well, she was reported by someone online and for saying that men could not be mothers or lesbians. And, and she faced an investigation. I'm not sure what stage that investigation is at at this point, but the the maximum that she could receive is three years over there, whereas here it's five years is the maximum if it's trial on indictment. Wow. We live in we live in very interesting times, though, if that's how far it would go, don't we? I mean, I would have thought, that, I would have thought somebody with, with, uh, within your group, whether if you were lesbian, gay, bisexual, you would very much welcome any strengthening of hate laws, um, you know, because hate speech would be defined as you know, threatening or abusive behaviour, um, nasty comments made against somebody on the basis of, say, their sexual orientation. Am I misreading it? So we do have to strike a balance. I hate crimes are obviously a thing that do need to be tackled and the 1989 Act doesn't provide enough cover for where we are currently in society. But the hate speech element is, it, it's, the part that's an issue and with 
without hate being defined or what it constitutes hate, um, we're going down a very slippery slope here. Not only is it curtailing free speech, which in back in the day when homosexuality was illegal, if people found it offensive that we were fighting for our rights um, and free speech was illegal, we would not have gained the rights that we have today. So we, but we have legislation already that exists where people can't say hurtful things or slurs against somebody because they're gay. Um, you know, it is none of their business if somebody is gay. So they shouldn't be allowed to make comments that are hurtful or hateful. Exactly. It's, we're already protected in law, in, in multiple acts, the Public Order Act, the Non-Fatal Offences Act, um, and any hate element is taken in a, into consideration upon sentencing on, as an aggravating factor and would impose a harsher sentence. Um, so it, it's unclear why we need this level um, of control over our speech. Um, I think well, it's maybe, it's, maybe it's needed to protect the rights of transgender people then. For possibly, I just think that it's important to note for your listeners that may not know what's actually happening within the the extended LGBT community um, that there there's a very real discourse and vitriol from certain characters in in the acronym um, against particularly lesbians are being told that they are hateful or I have personally been called transphobic a bigot right wing or even a Nazi for saying that I will not have sexual or romantic relationships with biological males regardless of how they identify or express themselves um, through clothing and because I am a lesbian um, I'm same sex attracted uh, is, is that not the same homophobia that lesbians face Back in the 80s, uh, yes, I see what you're. Right I man. get, yeah, I see what you're saying. That uh, you, yeah, that you should actually have sex with um, a trans male-born trans woman. Yes, that and ah, I've, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've you, experienced that, and it's been deemed as hateful um, to to say that online and in person. I've been told that as well. So by members of the the LGBT community and the fear is that now if they find that hateful that they will report me and I will have to go through criminal investigation whether it would hold up in court is irrelevant it, I would still have to go to a guard station provide all my devices my entire family as Sharon said would have to yes. provide their devices as well um, and would all of this stem from the fact that you have a belief which is yours and personal the biological reality that there are two sexes you say um, and only ever will be yes yes that, it stems from that and if we remove but surely the, that's not going to be a prosecutable offence to say that like, well, under this, under this, it may it may be if we do not define what is hate speech when we have every member of not all gays has has been told that they're hateful for saying 
before even saying online that there is the biological reality that there is two sexes. Um, that that is, I've been called hateful for that as well. So when it when you it, might get grief for it, but how could you be how could you be prosecuted for it? Firstly, you believe it. Certainly, it was taught to you biologically. This is what we were led to believe that you were born either male or female. Okay, you may be able to change your gender, and and off you go if you decide to do that. But you have to be born either a man or a woman, male or female. So, like, yeah. you're not going to go to jail for saying that. Sure, that's a fact. But, but under this legislation, you may be when the word hate is not defined. Um, well, and 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 it's up to interpretation. It's a subjective issue. Then, it's like, if somebody goes into okay, someone, okay, it's 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 wide open. Then you say, like, if somebody went into the library, as has happened here in in Cork on a number of occasions and tears up a copy of the book, This Book is Gay, because they say that it's teaching children about pornography and gay sex and anal sex and how to perform sex acts as children. Um, If you protested that in a democracy, would that be deemed to be a prosecutable offence under the new hate legislation? Uh, Possibly there's a possibility that that would be considered hateful to say that children should not be um, exposed to material in in schools or in libraries in the children's section of a library that explicitly explain how to pleasure another person um, why why we would be teaching that just because it's um, about gayness the book is about being gay or lesbian or bisexual um, that it could be under this legislation considered hateful and homophobic. Mm, but it takes away people's rights to protest or to rally, doesn't it? Yes, it takes away the constitutional right to free speech and the and the right to protest. Okay. And um you you are you calling for people to get involved in this conversation then? Is it too little too late now at this stage? Yeah, well, the the debate, it's still only at the second stage in the Shannon. So the, the debate is going to continue next Wednesday evening. Um, and as Sharon said earlier on, on the call, that she would encourage people and we would encourage people to write to their TDs. Um, this, several members of the, the Shannon the, during the debate were saying that... Um, that this is this will protect gay people and and using the LGBT acronym as a tool to push this through that we need protecting. We are protected. Um, we are protected already through law, um, and not all gays agree with controlling speech, compelling speech. Yeah. It's important. It's important for for within the LGBT community that we have an open discourse and a healthy debate, and that we can voice our concerns. Um, yeah, to, to improve to improve all of our lives. Okay, but um, like but like doing like I had a lot of people on the air during COVID, of course, and many of them believed that it was a lie uh, and that it was um, you know lockdown was 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 criminal. What it did to people and how it affected their lives? Would that be deemed? Somebody says COVID was a lie. Is that is that? could then be deemed as uh, a hate crime? 
I'm not sure if that would fall in the remit, but... Um, so somebody who take offence to it, whose mother died from COVID, would could take offence to a remark like that, though, reported to the Gardaí. There, I mean, I mean, potentially, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure about the potentially. I'm not sure with the the COVID, um, the two sides of the COVID debate. I'm well, I mean, sure just using it as an example of things that we said that we talk about on on, on live radio. You know, uh, issues if, like if that. If someone find if someone found it hateful when when this bill is controlling speech and how we how we voice our concerns that it's so controlled i don't think that the covid would necessarily fall within the protected characteristics in this bill but other topics that where there is um okay. a, a serious kind of polarizing effect in in a debate i think anything that falls within a protected characteristic that we are going to be controlled. Our speech is going to be compelled and not all gays agree with compelled speech. Okay. Freedom of expression is a fundamental aspect of living in a free, open and accepting society. So says you. Thank you for that, Annick. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, do stay Thanks. in touch. Cheers. We've got more calls on the way. Text 0868104106. I see text coming in on this already. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. And pick up the phone on 0818 John, good morning. Morning, how are you, sir? Oh, good. Um, just with regards to this uh, hate speech update to our legislation, your thoughts on that? Just before I start there, there was a caller this morning said when it was kind of rebuking you and saying that you weren't kind of tough enough on the politicians. In fairness, I think no one has been tougher. I've heard you... Uh, uh, interviewed Simon Corbyn and, and you could almost feel him through the radio squirming in his seat. I don't so know about I, squirming. He's well able to give. Can I tell you that, thank you for that, but I think that I grilled them so much that they are very, very slow to talk to me anymore now. That's the impression well, I'm that, that, Well, again, that, that's a good sign on your part because it just shows that they're afraid to come on your show. So that's a plus for you and well. a plus for us out here listening because okay. they're afraid of you. Yeah. Okay, much of, you know, much of this will change, though, and, uh, you know, my future is far from secure under this kind of legislation, well, well, I that, can well, tell that's you. The, that's, that's the problem. I don't know how we're going to run, uh, or you're going to run your show, how am I going to be able to contribute with my views, but some people know me and pro-life and everything and how controversial I am. I'm totally against abortion. I mean, how am I going to get my say out there? How are you going to facilitate me and others well, that we say, uh, deniers of, we'll say, the vaccines or whatever, which they are entitled to? The last time we looked, I look, we were living in some kind of a democracy under a constitution. But if this comes in here, this is the most dangerous piece of legislation will ever be passed. You would you not be allowed to protest anywhere near, I would imagine, um, a, a hospital or clinic that facilitated terminations, for instance. Well, well when Drew Harris, the current commissioner, you would be was reported asked, for that. Yeah, he was asked about that, about the, the, the exclusion zones. And he said, as far as he was concerned, these were peaceful protests. He said, public order that covered anything. He said, nothing out of all that happened, he said he, there was no need for, for the bringing exclusion zones. But this, this government, this Fine Gael government backed up with their fellow travellers, Michal Martin and Finn Party, are now trying to bring in, they're, basically what they're trying to do now, they want to shut down all dissent and all type of protests, right? Whether it be the, the amount of people coming into this country, whether it be people for pro-life, whether it be people about services, whether it be people about anything, they want to shut it down completely. Okay, and you, this, you it, might Marching in, you marching in the Corpus Christi procession, though, with the pro-life banner, um, 
That's antagonistic, yeah. though, at least, isn't it? No, it's not. It's, like, I had my jacket on, cock pro-life, like I mean, and I had my, my cross on top of it because I'm a baptised Christian. I believe abortion is murder. And I, I marched. I I was quite entitled to march in that. There was one woman, all right, started giving out to me, like, but I told her, I said, you're here today. I said, as a Christian, I'm here today as a Christian. I'm here for the unborn, right? And I have, and her husband but was that the right place to be making your point? Um, this was, this was, was a celebration of people's religion. They had been denied it for many years because of all of the COVID stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's tough enough, say for instance, um, to get people to flock towards the Catholic Church without those that turn up for the Eucharistic procession having to march with you. Well, I, I was there, you see, for the, the unborn. It was 35,000 babies that have been about already. So someone has to say, the day of, like was Corpus Christi, the body of Christ, I was there for the body of the unborn. That's why he was there. Yeah, but no, that would be more suited to a pro-life camp, to a pro-life rally. Not Corpus well, no, Christi. I, I, I was there to honour them, like, on the Corpus Christi, on the day, okay. their body on the day. So I think, like, uh, I was legitimate what I'd done. Now, a lot of people were delighted and they said, well done for coming the whole lot, right? But going forward, if this comes So if, in, you were to, if you were to say abortion is murder on the air, for instance, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, somebody takes offence to that because they, for yep. instance, went through a very traumatic rape and, mm-hmm. and, and, and had a termination as a result of it, and found your comment hateful, uh, I'd be prosecuted, you'd be prosecuted. Well, they don't even have to have gone through any trauma. No, I'm giving you an example of somebody that might take offence. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this this, this is is the whole way. Already, you know, there's there's one individual that's doing a show similar to you, but not in Cork, right? And he's now after putting up a podcast like him in, and you might find yourself having to do this. To get ahead of the, the hate speech guys, right? He's adjusted the server, like in America, which means the broadcasting authority, the Irish police, can't touch him, right? Because he's no licensed with the podcast through an American server. Well, that's right? interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, yeah. yes I mean that. that you, I mean, you know, that's a, an avenue. Maybe you might have to, to go look at. But look, if this comes in, Neil, as I said, the most dangerous piece of legislation is ever proposed. Right. They might still take down the tricolor. Right, and put up the Chinese or the North Korean flag. Okay. And I tell you, there's no way in God's earth that me and others are going to be stopped or all rights, all rights as sovereign Irish citizens. But you don't have a right to be hurtful or to incite hatred or say nasty but, things no, about people. Well, what should this is it? I mean, like, who says nasty things? I mean, it, it was mentioned there again about the library, what happened in the library. Those people went in there again, the crap reporting that went on, like in some papers, right? I mean, the guy bought the book himself and brought his own he did. book in. And yeah, I know that up. he. I know he did. Yeah, yeah he brought in yeah, his own yeah. book and tore it up. But, but, but they're filming. The but they're filming staff in there. Um, they're squaring yeah, up yeah. to staff in there, and they're filming them. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're going to report something, report it right on the paper. Like, I mean, the same thing came out again the other day on the paper again that library property was damaged. There was no library property damage. There is. Now the thing is, look as I said, one forward. I mean, people have to right. lobby their senators. Sean Kogan was right on this because we cannot allow this to happen. Okay. Because if we do, we're finished. All right, let me get some more calls on this and a lot Thank of texts as well. Anthony, good morning. Yeah, well, you, I think... Go ahead, you know, yeah, like go these, ahead. These old individuals going to libraries, they're pretty violent. I've seen one of the fellows, he was attacking people at a protest in Dublin, the same individual you had on, literally assaulting someone. Okay, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see that video. I would have yeah, to see yeah, that to be able to. Yeah, um, he did. It's a photograph. Google his name and okay. images of him belting someone in the face. Mm, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, do yeah, so, and he went to the Broadricks. He went to a couple of pharmacies. His company's friends from Dublin, or Dolesponders and Mayo, going into Broadricks Pharmacy in Barrick Street. Said you, they were committing genocide right, with the you, vaccine, with the COVID vaccine. You know. That was the claim, is it? 
That was the claim. Yeah, he's, he's another few individuals that are well, all unemployed. Well, well, they go around the country. Yeah, yeah, I, see, I, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, there's, there's, pharmacies, chemists, and, you know. yeah, there's, a, there's a standoff, all right, at some kind of a protest. I see the, the picture of it here now. Um, it was on the Echo. Well, so, yeah. so to say to say what was being said then with regards to the vaccines or, or COVID well, could be found offensive. I think offensive. that's not covered by the law. They can spit whatever kind of BS they want, but I mean, if they're going around intimidating people and they're just dull sponges traveling around the country doing this full time. Yeah, well, not everybody who protests or attends a rally is I'm saying the individual you had on and his, okay. his, his friends okay. who were pretty okay. well known, you know? Yeah, yeah. But what do you make of the, of the proposed changes to, to legislation where somebody may not be able to go into the library peacefully and protest about, say, a book like that that could be deemed a crime? I mean, they spend most of their time abusing people online and they're, they're in, in, on person abusing people, is it? Well, then it sounds to me as if you'd be very much in favour of the of the legislation yeah. being up, yeah, up well, upgraded. Yeah, well, the Hazel Chu is the Lord Mayor of Dublin. Her parents are from China and the Minister for Children, Roderick Rama, he's gay. They get dogs abused from these people and they're in, in, anonymous people or someone on anonymous did she, I did read something, all right, that she does get grief about her Chinese heritage, doesn't she? She does, yeah, from the same individuals who it on and their associates. Mm, okay, okay. Constantine is a hate figure and Roderick Rama is a hate figure as well. They call him... Of okay, well, we won't even go views. into the names and t- terms. Okay, nice. thank you for that, Anthony, and thank you, John, as well. Text 0868104106. Lots then also to do with uh, the state of the city. I'm going to bounce back to a few of those now, if you don't mind, and come back to the proposed hate crime laws changes also. The Lord Mayor, in your conversation this morning, sounded completely out of her depth and is totally removed from reality, if you ask me. You asked her about bringing in the army to patrol the streets, which I think is the only solution at this stage. She didn't even answer the question. She was going on about their mammies telling them to behave or something along those lines. She was going on about signs in the city telling people to behave as if that would work, putting up signs saying do not commit crime or something like that. I'd have to listen back to hear her exact words. Well, you're not too far off what she did say. The antisocial behaviour and drug scene has gone beyond a joke. I worry when my kids are in the city and that's by day. Our beautiful city is being destroyed and nobody's doing anything about it. Well, you should worry about your kids being inside in the city, particularly if they're walking around on their mobile phone or they've got a nice hat on or a nice pair of trainers or they might have a few bob in their pocket. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Jay, in Cove. Text 0868104106. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. Uh, this Sunday is Father's Day. And with that in mind, tomorrow we have some lovely gifts for you to give away on air for your dads. We have uh, Sunday brunch for lunch, I should say, for two adults, two children in the New Yorker bar and restaurant at the International. Hotel, and we also have Sunday lunch for two adults and two children at the Met, at the Metropole, and thank you to Trigon Hotels for that. I also have this kick-ass outdoor uh, pizza oven for your dad for the garden. It'll be his prized possession if he wins it, courtesy of uh, ourselves in Hanley's Garden Centre. It's the Uni uh, pizza oven cooks. The, you, pre- you prep it and everything, but the pizza oven cooks it in 60 seconds, and away you go. Uh, although, dads would, I think as a dad, I'd prefer if it was longer. You'd be fluting around with it for longer than 60 seconds and poking at it and stuff like that, as we do. But anyway, that's all tomorrow, so I want to hear of your dad's stories, your father's stories. Tell us about your dad. The better calls and better emails and texts are in with a chance of winning one of those prizes. You can text 0868 
email neil at redfm.ie and we will come back to that tomorrow. Uh, also, don't forget, every single day we've got these wonderful family passes for all sorts of different wonderful places to go and take the family this summertime. Can I remind you to download the Explore Cork app? It's the Cork City and County app. It is an absolute cracking app. It is super. Download it on your phone. If you're planning anything over the summer, it will really help you. Um, certainly you'll get an idea as to what's available. I've got about 40, maybe at this stage even more, uh, different family passes to give away from literally A to Y, from Adventure Park at Cart World all the way to the, the All Clock Gate Tower and every letter of the alphabet in between. And today we're featuring Leahy's Farm in Dungourney, the Digger Park, the Barrel Train Ride, the Indoor Play Barn, the Adventure Trails, the Go-Karts, the Mystery Maze, the Crazy Golf, and of course, all of the animals. Uh, you can get further details at leahysopenfarm.ie and they have given me family passes to give away across the summer. And just before midday today, I'll give away three family passes. That would be two adults and three children, right? So we've got three of those to give away just before midday. And tomorrow we'll do another tourist attraction on the air so stand by for all of that uh, a lot of the texts and emails will be dealt with tomorrow because i see quite an amount of calls coming in but i wanted to give you an example um, of how people are affected by crime we were talking about shoplifting in the city earlier on this morning uh, and incidences that agnes uh, told us about on recent visits into town anti-social behavior fighting there was a stabbing on grand parade last night of course and we've got all sorts of problems inside in Cork City and many people are saying what would at least attempt to solve it would be more Gardaí. But the story of Fintan Tindley from Mahan who pleaded guilty to the robbery and attempted robbery at the South Douglas Road Post Office and the robbery at Ballon Temple Post Office back in November of last year. That was in court yesterday and he will be sentenced uh, for that tomorrow uh, he remains in custody until tomorrow. Um, but uh, he pleaded guilty, as I say. Uh, and the, some of the guard reporting say that he was wearing a mask and a hat and he went into the South Douglas Road post office on the 11th of November and grabbed a 72-year-old male customer, put a knife to his neck and demanded money from a female staff member. So all straight away, you've got a 72-year-old man who will live with that trauma for a long, long time. Apparently, Tindley said, give me the money or I'll stick this in him. He shouted at the female staff member. The staff member handed over €2,380 in cash and Tindley fled. So five days later, wearing a mask and a hat, he goes into Ballon Temple post office and grabs a 44-year-old female customer, puts a knife to her neck and demands 15 grand from the postmistress. She says she didn't have that sort of money, but she gave him €1,300. Okay, off he goes. And then, um, was it something like uh, um, four or five days later, he goes back then on the 18th of November uh, to the South Douglas Road post office again and he's wearing a mask and a hat goes into the post office grabs a 45 year old woman puts the knife to her neck and demands 15 grand but he fled empty handed when a staff member pressed the panic button All right, so then the guardie managed to get CCTV footage of Tindley taking his mask off and the hat off after the Ballon Temple raid for instance they caught him on CCTV and they also were looking out for his gold coloured Nissan in Nissan Qashqai so a very extensive investigation led to this uh, um, to this arrest and court case. He was arrested and they searched the car and they found the knife and uh, um, that he used in the raids and what have you. Uh, he, he said that he was under financial pressure because he'd taken out loans of €37,000 in January of last year to travel to the United States to meet up with a woman that he met online and that he had sent her €19,000 via uh, Western Union. Um, the guards found nine post offices, uh, a list of nine post offices in the region, which they believe that Tindley had identified as other possible targets. Um, now, 
the court heard victim impact statements, right, from four of the five people caught up in the raids, including, and this is what this is the point I wanted to make as to the, the, the trauma people have to live with after, uh, you know, robberies or being held up at knife point. So the court heard four of the five people's victim impact statements caught up in the raids, including the postmistress at South Douglas Road, who incidentally has since given up the franchise of the post office. And they also heard from two women held at knife point who feared for their lives and said that they still suffer traumatic flashbacks. Now, Tindley did write letters of apology to each of his five victims. But what I was really interested in was the impact on the people who were involved in the different robberies, the holdups and having knives put to their necks, you know, and and living with the trauma of thinking that they were about to die. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow in court because he's been uh, remanded in custody till tomorrow. Uh, the judge uh, says that he has a lot to consider in relation to the case and he adjourned the matter until tomorrow. Now, we may have a result before we go off air yesterday morning. If we do, I'll keep you up to date on it. Uh, but that's the latest on that one. So the trauma that people go through, the traumatic event and having to live with the consequences of it. Back to the phone lines we go for what little time I've left. Pat, good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay, we've been chatting about um, this um, hate speech um, update. There was a, there was an interesting text that had come in from somebody, you might have an opinion on this, where they were saying a typical example of how this will affect people would be in an area in Section 7 where they are adding the definition of gender and it will become a crime to voice views which risk resulting in hatred towards people who are biologically male but who want access to women's changing rooms and sports facilities because they feel female. Right. For somebody to have an opinion on that being wrong could well be deemed a prosecutable offence. Do you follow me? Yes, and I think this is the problem. And I, I was just saying this to Seamus there earlier. The bill is too broad in, in what's co- what they're proposing to bring in. And uh, Ronan Mullen stated this, that this needs to be broke down. Now, in fairness to the TD... Ronan Mullins is all... the senator up in the west of Ireland. I've been attempting yes, to talk to well, him, incidentally. He was on your show there one stage there, I think, he talking about it. But what you call he, it... He was uh, talking with Mick Mulcahy, but I'd be keen to update with him. But anyway, good good few. Thanks for listening. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, but what you call it, uh, he was stating that it was too broad. Now, in fairness, uh, what he was stating and what I'm uh, aware of is why most of the TDs went for this hate um, bill to be introduced is, and this is fact, and this is why most of them are going with it, is part of the bill, and we all agree with this, that people should not be targeting uh, online or uh, going to TD's houses. Now, they may have views and they may have strong views, and I know some people are frustrated um, that they're not getting listened to, and they feel that this is the only course of action, and they feel that this hate bill will address this and will close down this, and I don't think, myself personally, I don't think anybody has a problem with this, but it's the rest that's been lumped in is where the problem is. And like we have this now at our Senate, and this is a problem I have with the political system we have at the moment. We have our paid TDs that have been paid on over a hundred grand, and they're interacting as local councillors. They're talking about potholes on the road in their locality, and they're talking about this and that. So we have TDs acting as councillors, and then we have senators trying to become TDs. So they're inside in the Senate, and instead of addressing a very a detailed 
detailed document like this. They're trying to become the next TD. So what I want to see... At least they're talking about it. The second reading of this bill in the Dáil last November had five TDs in Dáil Éireann. Five of them. Five. Yeah, but there's only five of them, and there's only five of them seeing things the way I'm seeing, that this is broad, and it, it is uh, trying to take in too much. Now, what I would like to see is our Senate functioning properly, and I would like to see our senators in there, instead of trying to become TDs or acting as TDs, I want to see them scrutinising this bill, and I want to see them addressing what we were just talking about earlier, that will this develop with where people with put legs on things and develop and no matter what you say they'll, they'll develop it and we could all develop something into uh, and make it out to be hateful and it might m- meant to be it's like when I come on your show I don't mean to insult people I, I'm here to bring up a, a point something that's bothered me and the last thing I want to do is insult people but sometimes people might be insulted by what I might if come up with. If for instance someone were to say and it has been said that we have taken in too many Ukrainian war refugees and we cannot take any more. We're bursting at the seams. Somebody might take offence to that comment on a radio programme and call well, the like Gardaí. I might take offence to it because where I'm coming out of this and my my whole life is planning, okay, and as I said, I studied architecture. My perfect plan in this world was I've worked over 40 years of my life and the perfect plan that I had in place that my family would be looked after by this government would be given some type of a housing plan or whatever. So I would feel insulted that my taxpayers' money and the work blood, sweat and tears that I have put into this country, I cannot see the rewards for my family. I can't see a bright future for my family. I can see a government that's representing anybody but my family. So this is where the politics... Now that comment then could be deemed as being uh, incitement to hatred. 100% it would be. It would be 100%. So in that case, the broadcaster, uh, if that would would seem to be stirring up hatred on air, uh, the people that would be uh, uh, possibly investigated for committing offence would be the broadcaster, uh, the people who produce the programme, people who direct... This is from a text who sent me this, incidentally. People who produced the programme, directed the programme, the person who presented the programme, that would be me, the person who made the threatening or abusive statement, which would be you, yeah? Yeah. Would all face uh, prosecution if 100%. that call was allowed on air and potentially stirred up deemed hatred. And like what I am what I what I am saying here now would be interpreted that I'm putting a hatred towards people that are coming to this country and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, it will be the I'm interpretation of it. I'm just yeah. saying it yeah. from my side and the problem that I have with our politics. Okay, got and it, that, got it, got it. I don't mean to be rude. Covered, I covered a lot of the points you wanted to make. I want to get one fast call on because Anita did want to, uh, an opportunity for right of reply. Anita, good morning. Hi, how are you, Neil? Um, you were one of those that, forgive me, and I'm just I'm paraphrasing this, you, you were one of those that went into the library with uh, with other protesters regarding that book. You wanted to clarify I something. I am indeed. Yeah, okay. yeah, I just want to clarify that nobody was abused or, you know, felt intimidated by it because at the end of the day, Neil, if they were, when we were on primetime last week, why did any of the library staff comment? 
why has no one come out and made a comment on I saw, us I, and what? I, I saw that show, and in that show, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of the videos that you guys recorded, yeah. and you were you were live video. video, you were live videoing, you were streaming it live. Um, we were, which we're entitled to do in a public area, Neil, and they're videoing us. I mean, they have surveillance in every library, etc. So I don't see what the difference is. But you're the phone stuck into their face, though. These are private individuals going about their work. We were only asking questions to you know, regarding about this book that shouldn't be there for 12-year-olds. I have four kids, Neil. My daughter is nearly 12 years of age and you've read the book, as I know, and it's absolutely disgusting and it should not be in a library, it shouldn't be in a shop, it shouldn't even exist. So in your text you said, how can a law like this allow a man go into a woman's toilet because he claims to be a female? How could we... Exactly. How could that even happen? um, But, but... That could be deemed, and probably will be deemed, actually, uh, be, a crime. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to have an awful lot of uh, complaints and arrests on their hands because people aren't going to stop talking and not going to shut up about this. But the, I mean, but the library fairness. staff, but just back to the library staff, because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. actually out of time. The library staff are very upset about the uh, the incidents um, because their union has told uh, Cork City Council that they want to do something about it to keep that. the staff safe. Yeah. Right, so yeah. th- like I mean, you could you could even what did what you're doing actually with recording people sticking phones there? Could that be bullying even? No, I don't think so because it's a public area. I mean, the guards have been no, in there. That with does, us all so, the time. so it's bullying in a public area. Not really, no. Well, if the guardie are there and they'd, they're seeing that there's nothing wrong with what we do, I don't understand how we're bullying or intimidating when the guardie are standing there with their arms folded, chatting away to us. Okay. I mean, the, the, yeah. we've been we've been so nice, we've just asked a few questions okay. and that they're just refusing to answer. And are you finished with the protests at the library now? No, we're not finished with anything, to be honest. Okay. Do you intend to go back again? Um, I don't know if we're going to go back to that library. Okay. But we're not going to stop protesting about these books that are for grooming children. Okay, thank you Anita. Do stay in touch. Thank you so much. About a time for this morning. We'll pick up the conversation in the morning. That and lots more besides. And don't forget Father's Day. I want to know about your, your super duper dads. The best stories. Remember the chance of winning some of our wonderful prizes tomorrow. So text 0868104106. Email if you have a story to share. Neil at redfm.ie. Our phone lines are open now. I have three family passes for Leahy's Farm. Told you all about it ten minutes ago. They even make their own ice cream there. The honeycomb is savage, I'm apparently Old. They got a new playground and lots of fun activities. So we will take callers 9, 10 and 11. These are family passes. Typical example would be two adults and three children, if you get me, or one adult and four children, that kind of thing. But phone lines are open 0818 104 106. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.